This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. And I love that you're bashing there. the deck that, like, has been the best deck for, I don't know, a couple no, months now. I don't give a shit. That's so bad. The best deck is Star City Games. Two explorers. You know what else? Top eight of the Star City Games? A deck with no fucking sideboard. Man. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManaDeprived.com and 60cards.com. Check us out. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A.T. KYT. I don't know about you guys, or I'm just mind-tricking myself constantly. <laughs> Jay Bush. They're of a different culture, KYT. They prefer their magic untainted by the internet. Scotty. Then you just pull the fucking Mind Slaver and you just dome them with their own dude. That's entertainment. And introducing the new guy. Hi, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> and now, the A-Team. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 68 of the A-Team podcast. This is KYT with Scott, Jay, and John? What are you doing here? This isn't episode 67. Like I kind of snuck in. <laughs> We're now John- still recording 67? So that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Not only do we have Jonathan Medina joining us uh, in our proverbial fourth slot uh, for an indeterminate wait, why, amount of... Why, wait, wait, wait. Why is it proverbial? <laughs> I was going to ask that. That's it's that the, literal, the, that, that literal has no bearing on fourth spot and the 18th. <laughs> yeah, you're confusing the listeners. Proverbial uh, means like something that's not really actually there. It's like right. from a proverb. Yeah, our know? listeners are smart enough to know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, our listeners. All right, so let me rephrase. So we've offered John the uh, the the literal fourth spot uh, for an indeterminate amount of time um, until such time as we decide that uh, we too want to fire him. Um, maybe you're looking for maybe you're looking for perennial. Maybe that's what word you're looking for. That's, perennial, yeah, perennial. Of- that's that's good. Thank you. See, now not only are we educational, you're going to learn all about uh, you know how to play better decks uh, against the metagame from our guest, Mister Conley Woods, winner of GP Orlando. Yeah, I have to I have to make sure I speak really well on podcasts because every one of my videos I record, there's always some idiot telling me that I pronounced a fake card name incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you fucking guy. Okay. So stupid. I was like, you, you pronounce this incorrectly. I'm like, it's a made-up word. Shut up. I don't care what Wizards <laughs> Guide says. I'll call it JIT if I want. <laughs> that's, that's probably the worst one, actually. I hate that one. I hate when people get all up about that. Yeah, as long as you're not calling it a JIT, I really don't care what you call it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. JITI, 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 you hated people who pronounce Garrick wrong? <laughs> yeah, I do hate people that pronounce Garrick wrong. Like, there's, a difference, <laughs> there's a difference between knowing what the fuck. Uh, it's still a made-up word. It's a name. It's like, I, I hate... Yeah, I hate but, his name's, but that's but. the thing. is His name's not Garrick. <laughs> right? That's, that's even worse that you even just came out and said it's a name. Like, I, do, I, don't, I, do, I don't call you Kool-Aid. Do, no, no, What's the happening? worst is people add a syllable. They call me Connolly. They, like, add a yeah, third syllable. Connolly, for no reason. Like, that, that, that one's pretty off. bad. It pisses me off. People are like, Connolly Woods is a cool guy. I'm like, Connolly <laughs> Woods is not Jennifer Connolly. 
Jen Conley. This is Jennifer Conley. Jennifer. That doesn't, you fucks. But a GTE and a GTA, that's, you, just shut up about that shit. That's what I don't care about. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, Conley. Sometimes people pronounce my name scumbag. I'm just like, you're adding syllables, man. No, that's that's reduced a syllable from Jonathan, at least. I mean, it's it's not, it's more syllables than your short name, and it's less syllables than your full name, so I just don't get it. You're not allowed to call him a short name, remember? Because he gets all, he gets all righteous on (laughs) me. I do not. I do not. You shall be smoting. I understand you guys played in some event or some shit the last weekend. Like, uh, you want to talk about it? It's just a PTQ, it's not a big deal. I just, I just, gra- I just did some dailies on my Magic Online, some eight mans, recorded them. Oh, Smitty's back? Just the <laughs> usual. Uh, no, I mean I'll let KYT take it away. I guess he's more familiar with this kind of he thing. He did pretty well there. I bought. Yeah, KYT, how'd you do in how'd you do in Grand Prix Orlando? Uh, terrible. <laughs> I didn't make day two. Um, oh. we sort of mentioned this pre-show, Conley, but actually, uh. I think maybe I just misunderstood you. Like, I saw Conley on, on Friday, and what I thought you said, Conley, was that you forgot, like, you forgot your cards, your deck, and you were just scrounging up, like, a last-minute list. Um, and that's why I didn't really want to impose or ask you for, for your list. <laughs> uh, well, that I did forget the my, rest of my cards. I brought only a uh, tempered steel with gravity townships, similar to the one that Joshua Layton took 10th with. Um, I'm actually writing an article about it for TCG players, so if you're interested in that type of list, go check it out tomorrow, uh, or whenever, Friday the, the <laughs> 20th, whenever this thing goes up. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I did not have any other cards, and I had ruled out Tempered Steel when I got there uh, for various reasons. Basically, I got online and like played against some guy with main deck Ancient Grudge and Curses and Ratchet Bombs and Slagstorms. I was like, F this, I'm not, there's no way I'm playing. <laughs> it, was, it was literally one match, and I was just like, all right, I'm, it's not happening. But um, anyway, so yes, I did... Uh, kind of, sort of, come up with my list the night before, <laughs> but I still would have given it to you, and it still would have been awesome, so still, you still could have come up and be like, hey, what's the deal with this? <laughs> I, I would have given it to you. I did have to borrow the entire deck from uh, a dealer, uh, which kind of sucked, but oh well. Well, uh, Scott mentioned me me seeing uh, you talk to uh, LSV, and it, it was because I saw him, like, LSV looked at your list, and he's like, Nah, I don't want to play something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, uh, I, unless I have a lot of time going into anything, I'm rarely going to be able to convince uh, teammates to play uh, a deck I play just because you know they're all good players and they already had a good list. So I would really have to like I don't know do something crazy to like demonstrate that my list is better than whatever they're playing. Um, so a lot of times I don't even try anymore. Um, if I have plenty of time going to a tournament, then I could show them testing results, show them the, de- the deck in action, etc. Um, but this time I was really just going off of like theory and you know uh, what I viewed the format as. So like to to get them all on board with just that information is pretty difficult. So I really didn't even try this time. Huh. So like, as the tournament went on, I'm like, oh man, I should have asked for Connolly's list. Oh my god, he's top eight. Oh my god, he's winning the whole thing. What the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, it was it was, it was definitely uh, ended up being pretty sweet. Um, I'm actually, uh, I keep, I feel like I'm just plugging myself here. I probably should let Medina do that. But, uh, <laughs> I, I'm writing an article for. You want channel. Medina to plug you? I'd be more than happy to plug or you. Or do you want Medina to plug himself? Because we watched that when we were in Toronto, too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's probably legal there, to be fair. It was uh, like a donkey show. But no, I'm writing a, I'm writing an article for Channel next week about. Like uh, a Boro show. About. <laughs> 
about how, <laughs> about some, tip, some tips and tricks about how to build a deck last minute if you uh, find yourself in that situation because a lot of people end up having to build decks last minute and it's is that how uh, Rune Chanter's Pike became a deck? Probably, but you know what I'm saying. Like people get themselves in these situations where they need to audible or come up with something last minute, and a lot of people lack the skills to do so. Uh, but I think it, it it's not a skill set that every single person can possess, but it's something that uh, nobody ever talks about. And I think getting out some a few tips and tricks on how to do it, at least from my perspective, uh, it seemed like a cool idea. So I'm going to do that next week. That's pretty awesome, actually. I got to just tell you um, that there's been a significant lack of the unspoken subjects. Um, you know, people always write about the same bullshit, and I think that uh, that's a fantastic article. I'm really looking forward to reading it. That's pretty sweet. So Me awesome well. job. Me as well. So anyway, now I'm done plugging myself though. <laughs> I'm still in deep regret. I could have had the GP winning list. It was it was right in front of me. Well, I mean, you were such a pussy, KYT. KYT. I heard you sucked a big fat dick. Even what did what did you end up playing, KYT? Uh, blue white. How many dicks did you suck? Well, <laughs> blue white del- delver with rune chanters puke. <laughs> no. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, uh, John knows me well. Like I'm not one to uh, impose and like really bug someone in real life for your deck. If list, I hadn't, so. if I hadn't told you ahead of time, like, hey, like I won't give you my <laughs> list because I'm not sure I'm playing. But on Friday, come get it from me. Then I would understand. But I specifically told you to come get my list if you still needed one on Friday. Got me. So well, that's that's even worse. KYP. Got me. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> so so what was your what was your Delver? What was your take on Delver? I know you didn't just take the stock list, right? Well, so Alex and I was uh testing a bunch of um of Delver different Delver lists and, and Alex tends to like to be you know doesn't really like to play test, likes to theorize a lot, so we didn't really get that much done. But we played played a bunch of lists and ended up with something uh ended up with Jerry's uh last list that he posted on his blog with the porcelain legionnaires because we were testing against our buddy Brian Jemba who was on Tempered Steel and we felt like we were only beating Tempered Steel when um, we had a more aggressive version of Delver where we would put pressure on them with Legionnaires, drop a Geist, and, and really attack them because Tempered Steel, once you get to a long game with with Tempered Steel online and a bunch of their tokens, there's just no way for, like, Phantasmal Bear and whatever to get through, and eventually the, the Tempered Steel deck would win. So we decided to go with that, and, and Alex made day two. He won X1 on day one. 53rd or something overall by the end of it all? Right, right. How many? Out of... Uh, it was like 950 or something. Wow. So pretty it was good. Actually, it was actually kind of small given given uh, recent GP sizes. Yeah, like, normally it's like over 1,000, over 1,200 even. Yeah, well, like, even Austin, it was uh, smaller than I expected because uh, a lot of people booked their tickets for Austin while uh, the Planeswalker points system was the in the previous form, so a lot uh-huh. of people were thinking about grinding GPs or whatever. Um, so I expected a lot of people to show up that you know, now, of course, they're not grinding GPs because it's not a thing, but they booked their ticket ahead of time, you know, to, just to save money. So when only like 1,040 people showed up to Austin and it was limited, I was a little surprised. But I think this is, you know, part of their push to, to decrease uh, GP size without, like, they don't have a PTQ on day two anymore to, you know, get people to not show up for that reason. They're having multiple uh, Grand Prix around the world at the same time to like, cut down uh, in that department. So uh, I, I expect the, the trend to kind of, you know, um, US GPs be around, I don't know, 800 to 1,000 people from now on would be my guess. But 
depending on format, of course, because the yeah, legacy yeah. ones are still be fucking almost two thousand. Yes, because there's no alternative for that. But there's you know when when there's a modern PTQ, you know, uh, ten minutes from your house versus going to a GP eight hours away. Uh, yeah. People that aren't super devoted to pro points don't really care about going to the GP, especially when it's only four slots. So they'll just go to their PTQ or whatever instead. Yeah, makes sense. So Alex was able to get a pro point out of it, so which he really wanted as he's in the race for like the top Canadian pro. He's currently in second behind uh, the national champion, Mark Anderson. So he's got three pro points? <laughs> <laughs> I have two TCG player points. He's not that great. <laughs> I think he's got We're like the same. Roughly 14 or something? I don't know. Roughly, you you say roughly, and then you throw out an exact number. You're like roughly fourteen point three seven eight nine four. Team is not a rough I think, number. I think Go I on. know why Conley gets the most shit. What? I'm just saying you can't say roughly and then throw in an exact number. If you say roughly, it's either ten or fifteen. There is no middle ground with roughly, roughly. fifteen. Roughly fifteen. <laughs> Look, I know you Canadians use the metric system in like Montreal and stuff, but I thought the rest of you guys were good and you used like normal stuff. No. No, no, you all use a metric system? We all right. use metric, yeah. You're all dummies. Yeah. Anybody yeah, Toronto uses metric. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, also, KYT's Asian, right? So, like, 14 without the decimal point is... Oh, that's true. He was he was running it by his abacus, and he just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So, uh, Alex lost to... I think most of his losses, if not all, were to the mirror. And I lost to... Um, well, I had four losses. Three of them were the mirror, and one of them was blue white humans. And uh, we just uh, couldn't get, weren't lucky enough to, to to win the mirror. I guess our deck was not uh, like porcelain legionnaires is really bad against it's terrible you know, in the mirror. They just gut shot, snag it, and gut shot, and you're just like, all right, that's yeah. And then so, they play a snapcaster, and it's like, oh crap! So you didn't have any invisible stalkers in your list. Uh, we didn't. We didn't go with that version. Uh, we didn't think it was. Uh, uh, we didn't like it without the equipment, right? And post-sideboard, when the opponent slides in a lot of equipment and renders, like, Invisible Stalker, like a very, we felt was a very bad card post-sideboard. Sure. It just solved the problem when you were talking about Tempered Steel, about how you had to push through late or whatever. It seems right. like one of those cards that could do that for you, but... Not, uh, yeah, in, in the test games where I tested Guinea's deck, it was, like, the only reason I was beating uh, the Tempered Steel deck was the Invisible uh, Stalker in that particular version, so... Yeah. I think so you, ma- you you tuned your deck to beat Tempered Steel, but then couldn't beat the Mirror. Uh, you could say that, or or we Sick. felt like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wasn't the Mirror like over fifty percent represented across the entire room? Yeah, there was. A, it was pretty insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, our only they're losses. Like, they're were like the Mirror beating Delver. I want to beat Tempered Steel. <laughs> oh. Well, we tested with Brian Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so our, that's what's up bitches our main losses were to the mirror but we did also beat uh, a bunch of mirrors ourselves so I feel like because there's not that, that much card manipulation in blue white delver uh, the cards that you're going to see that are advantageous in the mirror you're not going to see that them that often if you're like playing two swords uh, which is like one of the key cards in the mirror sometimes um, it just sometimes felt like it was you know luck of the draw um like See, I, but that's yeah i was just say that that's why i do what i do because then i don't have to play the mirror any so i don't have any seven years of bad luck when i have to beat it <laughs> nice. you're probably you're screwed for like you know at least 21 years now <laughs> oh, man. um but 
we felt like we felt good about the deck in the other matchups, and and I did uh, feel really good uh, in my all my other matches. And like I said, I did win mirrors, but it, it just really felt like a coin flip when you know when I play Phantasmal Bears and you're like gut shot, Snapcaster gut shot, um, then you feel like so behind and. Uh, that's that's because you are behind KYT. You <laughs> feel like it. He's like, who's I, this guy talking? Even you say you play Magic? I used to. Like, welcome everybody to the fourth member of the A team. His name is KYT. I know that you miss him, and he hasn't been around very much, but he's back. <laughs> so, Conley, tell us a little bit about how you came to your list sort of overnight. Like, obviously, so what you played was was a. Uh, they were calling it Trader Trader Ramp. Yeah, I I actually wrote that. I was like talking with uh with Rich Hagen before the tournament, and pretty much no matter what you put down, they almost never use your name unless it like <laughs> is very pertinent and very simple, and like obviously no profanity or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I was just trying to think of a name, and we we called it Trader Ramp just because it was like. I was not playing the team deck or whatever, so it was supposed to be like having an inside joke thing. Uh, but I expected them to like change it to whatever, but then they kept it, and I was like, well, that's kind of a lame name, but whatever. I mean, you call it like Wolf Run Black, or I don't know. I, w- I was going to call it Happy Family originally, because you have the Grave Dad, and you have Lissa <laughs> as the mom. <laughs> just like, they're just like getting it on all Death Touch style, but uh, I figured nobody would really get that, and they wouldn't use it, so I, I opted against that one. Uh, but you <laughs> You can call it whatever you want. People have said, like, you know, Conley Woods Ramp or I don't know what I don't – I really don't care what you call it. But uh, – so, yeah, I, I, I was really just uh, – actually, my buddy Brian Gruy, who also writes for Channel Fireball, is, like, one of the financial people, uh, you know, because everyone else that writes for every other site about finances sucks. Uh, <laughs> I, I but, agree, but – What? Is I that – I was, I was just throwing out – I didn't know. Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Conley. I'm just kidding. Finally. To be honest, I don't read any financial articles because no, 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 no. So, so you, know, you know that John's not writing garbage. anymore, right? No, I know, I know. I'm just making okay. fun. So, so I totally dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> but um, but uh, anyway, uh, he had said he'd been playing like this black green ramp deck online and doing pretty good with it. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, and he sent me his list, and it was just awful. It was like the original list was like four. It was like four warm coil engine, four primeval titan, like two Grave Titan and a Masker Worm and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you have Holy 11 fuck. drop deck. Yeah, and I was like, your deck's terrible against Vapor Snag or whatever. But I liked, liked some of the ideas of, like, when I started thinking about Grave Titan better, uh, more, it's like, you know, a really good card against Vapor Snag, uh, still, still blocks Geist after they Vapor Snagged it, which is huge. Uh, then you have things like Doomblade, which is uh, not necessarily better in the Delver matchup, but it's better in, like, any type of Mirror, any type of, uh, you know, Titan matchup. Um, good against, obviously... Delver and the fact that it kills Delver and, and Midnight Haunting Tokens and things of that nature. But since they had mostly moved to Hexproof Creatures, I wanted to fit Guest Verdict in there, uh, which is a card I'd been working on, I don't know, for a while. Basically, I tested Blue-Black Control prior to what? Worlds. Why not Tribute? Multiple reasons. One, Guest Verdict you can uh, cast on turn two uh, when they've like played their Invisible Stalk or whatever, don't have Mana Leak open. And two, it's right. much more difficult to Mana Leak uh, once you get to like turn three or four, because uh, you can get to five mana pretty easily. Um, you also have like this lull in your mana, so you go like Rampant Growth, um, and then if you don't have a Psalm Simulator, you can be cast like maybe another Rampant Growth or something. You untap, you have like five-ish mana or whatever, or you just don't play a second Ramp Spell and you have five-ish mana. And at that point, it's like, I can guess Verdict you, you can Mana Leak, I'll pay. If you don't Mana Leak, I'll cast my other Ramp Spell. Um, but if I cast Tribute and you Mana Leak, then you're, you know, your guy still lives. You're, or you, yeah, right. Yeah, you're just, you're just kind of screwed. Um, and because it's a Ramp deck with so much fixing of the black, black was not that big of an issue. Um, 
So I, I end up running that. Um, and then uh, Black Sun Zenith was just significantly better than Slagstorm. Uh, one misconception is that, you know, Black Sun Zenith costs four uh, to really get the same effect as Slagstorm, which is pretty, you know, two mana is a pretty big uh, uh, difference. But but when you're looking at Black Sun Zenith and blue-black control, it's a turn four play for two. But in a ramp deck, uh, you're going to be casting a, a ramp spell on turn one or two no matter what. You're not going to keep a hand with that one unless you mulligan into Oblivion. So when you untap on turn three, you're going to have four mana in play anyway. So if you're casting Slagstorm, you're basically just leaving one man open for nothing. But, you know, Black Sun Zenith costs effectively the same at that point in time because you have four mana available on turn three. Um, so the, the extra one mana doesn't really uh, come into play when you're playing a ramp-style deck. Plus then you get the benef- you get the benefit then of scalability and reusability. Yeah, it, I, I killed the Consecrated Sphinx with it in the tournament. Um, I, uh, you know, used it to kill my opponent's, like, Moreland Haunt tokens while keeping my Grave Titan tokens alive. Um, I killed a Thrun with it, which Slagstorm obviously can never do. Um, the fact that it shuffles back in your deck is actually very important, too, in, like, a Delver matchup, where you want to cast one early to kill, like, their first two guys. But then uh, in the late game, you still want to draw another one to deal with all their Moreland Haunt tokens. And obviously, if you've used a Slagstorm, it's just gone forever, unless you have Snapcaster or whatever. Um, the course is list didn't. So the, the fact that once you've used your first Wrath Effect, the density of Wrath Effects in your deck does not actually go down is actually yeah. pretty key because you do want to draw one later on. Um, so that was pretty big. Uh, and then, you know, other cards like Glissa came about. Basically, uh, I've been trying to fit Glissa in a deck forever. And, like, Brian Kibler, like, walks up to me. He's like, hey, have you uh, thought about Glissa in your list? And I'd add two Ratchet Bombs in the the sideboard at the time, and I was basically playing some crappy Garrick's in the main, and Garrick's a card that like, I don't know, it just wasn't very impressive, I wanted to cut it, but uh, I couldn't really figure out what kind of package I would want it in instead, um, and when he said Glissa, it was like, oh, like, I've been trying to get this card to work for forever, like, you know, that's like the perfect way to, like, fit into a deck, and you can green sun Zenith for it, and it was just, like, awesome value. One, uh, one rast, uh, a solar flare list, and I had, like, a bunch of mana out, and I was positive he had, like, a dissipate in his hand, uh, he had just cast a white sun Zenith for three, uh, that he had in play, and I had a Psalm Simulacrum and a Six Slime in play. Um, and I baited his Dissipate with a Grave Titan just so I could resolve a Green Sun Zenith for Glissa, because at that point in time, the only card in his deck that he could deal with Grave Titan anyway, um, besides like Elish Norn, which doesn't really deal with it, but uh, is, is Wrath of God, um, or Day of Judgment. So uh, with Glissa in play, he still has to Day of Judgment because I have two Death Touch guys and a Solemn, but when he does, uh, I have a Solemn and a Nile Spell Bomb in my graveyard, as well as a Solemn in play, so if he Day of Judgment, which he's basically forced to do, I get to return all three of those things to my hand, so it's like, his one out all of a sudden becomes this, like, card advantage engine from me that he can't, really, <laughs> he can't Doom Blade Gliss, so there's, like, nothing else he could do, he wasn't playing Go for the Throat, um, I guess he could overing it if he's lucky enough, but, uh, yeah, so you end up having a Day of Judgment, and, you know, I just rebought two Solemns and a Nile Spell Bomb and just went to town on him, um, but yeah, she was, she was pretty good all day, uh, She's actually the only trained Armadon that Green has right now, which is kind of awkward because basically uh, with the Scars of Mirrodin coming out and so many infect creatures being printed, uh, there's a lot of holes in green and black that uh, are, are filled by Phyrexian creatures. Like Sisbear is effectively the trained Armadon or whatever, but you're obviously not going to play that in most decks. So yeah. uh, so Glissa offered a lot in that, that respect. And then uh, basically it was just figuring out numbers after that and figuring out the sideboard. Um, you know, I love Acidic Slime, obviously, and it was happened to be good. Like, the fact that it kills Moreland Haunt or Sword or, you know, O-Ring or whatever was, like, really pertinent. So, yeah, everything just kind of came together last minute. Nice. So, uh, you systematically demolished all of your um, Moreland Haunt opponents throughout the course of the tournament. Yes, I did get a draw from one. It was actually the worst. So, here's a story for anybody. <laughs> Anybody yeah. loves judge stories. Uh, so I'm sitting down, I'm like playing against this guy, and, you know, no, literally 
I mold a five in game three, coming back, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm starting, I've just resolved the Grave Titan, he's killed it, but I have two, two twos, and I'm beating out with Ink Moth Nexus, everything's looking good. And a judge walks over, and he's like, what turn is it? And I was like, is there a problem? Did I play two explorers? Like, what, what's the deal here? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I guess what turn it is. And he's like, what turn is it? Like, he just like asks in a stern voice, cause he thinks I'm just like messing with him, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking. So I look up, and the clock is like, do, you know, counting up or whatever, and it's at 35 seconds. And, uh, I'm like, oh, I, I guess it's turn zero. Neither me or my opponent knew what turn it was. We didn't hear time called. There's a big yeah. crowd. There's nobody, whatever. And he's like, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And some, some guy in the, the in the fuck? crowd's like, some guy, some guy in the crowd's like, I think it's turn two. And the judge is like, fine, <laughs> turn two. And I'm what? like, what? And I'm what? like, <laughs> just you arbit- arbitrarily picked a number out of your ass and like, <laughs> like signing a turn two. And like, I didn't appeal because I don't know why. I was like, but I should have. It was stupid. But I was just like, fine, it's turn two. Like, you know, whatever. I don't know how we took two turns in 35 seconds, but whatever you say, bro. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, attack it with my Inkmoth Nexus, pump it with Kessig Wolf Run, uh, draw, like, keep. He untaps, like plays a land. He's literally got all all lands to play, no non-land permanents, no cards in hand. I untap, draw a second Doom Blades. So I'm holding two Doom Blades in my hand and like attack him with Keswick Wolf Run and Inkmoth Nexus to get him to exactly nine poison. If I had drawn a land, I would have killed him. And I'm like, look, it's turn five. Like, you know, we, you, you're you're dead on board. You know, you have no no outs. I have two Inkmoth in play. You have no no cards in hand. Like, there's really nothing you can do. You're at nine poison. He wouldn't scoop to me. So I was like, yeah, this uh, that was actually my first ever uh, unintentional draw at a Grand Prix. But, uh, yeah, so other than that, I, I, I got a loss against Joshua Layton, who was playing Tempered Steel. Uh, we went to game three, and I bowled to five, and he, he got me hard. Uh, but then beyond that, it was just a draw against Delver, and I beat five or six other Delver decks in the tournament. So it was definitely a good matchup for me. Could you imagine what would happen if you would have tuned your deck to beat Tempered Steel instead of Delver? You would have beat Josh Dutter Leighton, and then you would have lost to five Delver. Oh, fuck you, John. <laughs> That's true. I actually, I actually played. I actually played against Tempered Steel in round four and beat it. So my my Tempered Steel match was pretty good too. Conley, what round? Uh, it was draw. It was round seven, two rounds prior to the end of the day. Okay, so so obviously the guy didn't want to. Okay. Yeah, he didn't want to scoop. Uh, I ended up winning out, obviously, and I don't know if he made day two or not. But so um. We were watching the uh, – I, I started to pick up during the, the semi – the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I couldn't help but notice, you know, you, so you won your quarterfinal match, which was awesome. And then, of course, you paired in the semis against Paul. Yep. And uh, – Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, so that so so we've we've always had uh, we we've Paulo in a very high esteem. He's always been good for the show. You know, oh, he's, he's, he's a good guy. And uh, – and so we were basically sitting here, and KYT messages me straight up. He's like, so winner of this to take it? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> like, flat out, it's you or PB at this point. Got the support all the way. And then you completely ranched him. It was awesome. <laughs> yes, it was, like, it was a good matchup for me. I mean, uh, I, I even made, uh, I thought, like, one uh, misplay, which was playing, um, not blocking his... I, so there was a couple of, of tough turns. I don't know if any, how many people watched it, but like, uh, there's basically a turn where he like attacks with Geist and he's basically tapped out. Um, and I can activate it nexus and block Geist knowing I'm gonna resolve a curse next turn, but I had no other threats in my hand, so I left, uh, I left the Ink Moth alive. That way, uh, I had a Kessick Wolf run already in play. That way, after I stabilized the board, I would still have a way to win in case I didn't draw Titan off the top. Um, so like, there was that debate I had. And then later on, I played a Mountain prior to, uh, attacking with Nexus for Wolf run. 
mainly to get in for lethal without using my Sphere of the Suns, but then he Vapor Snagged my, uh, my Ink Moth, and I wasn't able to play it again that turn. Uh, so I should, probably should have just used my Sphere of the Suns and not cared about uh, preserving counters on that. Um, but yeah, besides that, I thought I played pretty well, and the matchup was just heavily in my favor, so. Yeah. So, speaking of, like, matches in your favor, um, let's talk about uh, Hero versus Villain in the finals. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call Patrick a villain. You wouldn't, but some of our listeners would. Um, I, I thought Conley was the villain. Did you see the way he was staring Patrick down? Oh, it was shit, awesome, man! I was expect. <laughs> you know what? I was half expecting the uh, the, the bring it. You know? Oh, I mean, I well, like I didn't do that. It wasn't like a conscious thing when I did it against Wesco. It's just basically I was just trying to use as little movement as possible. Like uh, when I get in that mode, uh, which I guess is a relatively new thing for me. Uh, but when I get in that mode, it's like I don't want to talk to my opponent because it like, breaks concentration. So like they'll ask me how many cards I have in my hand. I'll just pick up my hand and put it in front of them just to show them, but I'll never tell them how many cards I have. I don't want to give away information. Like part, part of what I'm doing when I'm doing that is just like, uh, I mean, I have a degree in psychology. It doesn't come up that often, but every once in a while your opponent will give you some bit of information, not necessarily a tell, but just like something, like show a strength, show a weakness, whatever. And I think picking up on those things is fairly key. Plus people get intimidated by it, which is not my original intention, but I mean, that's a nice side effect. Uh, but it also just helps me to concentrate. I get to think through things. I'm not like riffling through my hand and like confusing lines of play or whatever. And I don't know. It's just I just get to focus on on my opponent, what he's doing all the while, like thinking about what I'm going to do on my turn. Um, it just kind of happens to like, you know, combine all those things into one little thing. And uh, I don't know. I, it gets me more in the zone than if I'm staring at my hand and like, you know, making stupid faces or whatever. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty awesome to watch you uh, crush in the final. Yeah, that, I mean that was. I'm pretty sure that match was also heavily favored. Uh, yeah. We brought we we decided it was kind of funny because uh, basically my whole team's like standing around me helping me sideboard uh, for that match uh, beforehand because we have each other's deck list, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, you know we're all arguing about like what we should bring in or whatnot. Uh, basically, the camp that wanted to bring an ancient grudge and Viridian corruptor to hit his talismans and Batterskull prevailed, even though I was not necessarily in favor. Uh, it ended up he boarded out those things, so those cards were kind of dead in my hand. But it, we had we had four Lilianas between us, so I just had I like discarded Verdian Corruptor to Liliana, so it wasn't that bad. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a little a little strange because we had like our camp, and then Kipler and uh, I think Matt Sperling went over and helped Patrick with his sideboarding. And uh, I mean, outside of the one life finale w- that he drew and cast, uh, the games weren't really close. Yeah, and that was like the absolute best. It's it's a good rip. It was an unbelievable peel out of, after that blue sense for him to actually have that card. It was it was insane. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't. I don't think I'm supposed to play around it there. Like I'd already, I was, you know, a little tight on mana. That's why I ran out the grave titan, thinking it was might get countered. But if it didn't, like, then I'm just untapping and winning unless he has this, this literally one of card in his deck. Uh, yeah. And you know, he ended up having it and made the game a little more exciting. But uh, outside of that, like, if you just watch like the lines of play, like. He really didn't stand much of a chance. I was like very proactive and very threat dense, and his answers were like in the like he, I think he boarded out fourteen cards or something. Like he had like all kinds of like dead cards, like ratchet bombs and whip flares and like all this this stuff that just didn't do anything against my deck, which really yeah. gave him a huge edge. And like my dead cards against him weren't even that dead. Like Black Sun's anything game one is still going to kill his Inferno Titan or whatever or his uh, his Olivia something like that. Sure. Uh, whereas like you know he's got you know just terrible like whip flare does nothing against me other than kill my one bird if he's lucky like. <laughs> so his his best card in that matchup is Olivia, right? Like like realistic. Uh, I don't think so. I wasn't worried about Olivia. I boarded out my Doomblades, and and I have a, a Gopher Throat that I brought in, two Guest Verdicts, uh, Liliana, and then if I was really worried about it, I would have left in Black Sun's end, but I didn't. Uh, I don't think I'm that scared of it. Like he has to. 
have a lot of mana and because uh, he basically needs to play it and take a Titan like that turn. Because if I get to attack with the Titan and I've already got the comes into play effect, even if he gains control of my Titan, I might just win on the following turn via like uh you know a Kessick Wolf run or something. So sure. I don't think like. He really needs to be able to play it, activate it, which is already six mana, and then activate it to steal my guy. So he needs to get to eleven mana. Um, and I mean, it's okay against uh, Primeval Titan, not really that great. It's best against Grave Titan. But like I said, if I've already gotten a, to play it and attack, I'm left with at least four zombies. He doesn't get any zombies till he gets to attack. It's not like he gets them immediately. So like I could theoretically just make an attack where he has to either chump with the or, or trade with the Titan with a token, which is awesome. Um, or, you know, he, and plus he's like tapped down a mana. I mean, Olivia was certainly a card that could have won him the game given the right circumstances, but it was not one that I was like really afraid of. Fair. So, Glisser the Traitor. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it in the list. Uh, clearly, the Ratchet Bomb Glissa interaction was pretty sick all day for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, when I drew it, it happened more often the post board than main board because I had two Ratchet Bombs on the sideboard. But... Right, right. Um, so. Gliss is often your green sun's target unless you're looking for a prime time, yeah. Uh, I guess an acidic slime, you know, it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it changed. It changed quite often. Glisso is a card that uh, people are like, "Why are you playing one?" Well, there's like a lot of reasons. First of all, it's legendary. Obviously, that that factors in. Second of all, I do have green sun zenith, which factors in. Uh, third of all, you're not really grabbing it on turn four. On turn four, your your optimal play is is solemn simulacrum or like yeah. removal spell plus another rampant growth. So you don't really want to get her early. Uh, plus, people tend to have like their you know whatever crappy removal spell they have or like you know to deal with her at that point in the game. You really want to get her like like after you maybe cast a titan and they've countered it, or after there's been some wrath of gods cast or whatever, and then you get it late and just rebuying a single solemn simulacrum is usually enough, and it gives you like you know just just a little bit of card advantage which a black green deck tends to not have. Um, if you need to run her out on turn three against like a delver deck, you will three three first strike death touch is, is perfectly fine, but she's really in there for the late game. So whether you draw her or green sun zenith for her in the mid to late game, uh, you tend to find the one copy. Um, I mean, more of it could definitely be a possibility, but uh, like I said, just rebuying a Solemn Simulacrum, if you ever get, you know, Nile Spellbomb or Ratchet Bomb online with it, it's awesome. But uh, that's kind of like uh, more of a cute synergy that if it comes up, you're just, you're excited. You're not really like building towards it. You're not trying to set up this game plan. I mean, there's a couple times where, where you draw both Glissa and Ratchet Bomb and you want to sculpt your game plan to get value out of it. But uh, it's not like that, that happens every single game or like you're doing it before you've drawn both those cards or anything like that. Yeah. Which I think is good because that's, like, that's the big difference between uh, P Winner and the Deck Brewer. Because, like, a deck sure. brewer would be, like, Glissa and then all these artifact interactions. And like yeah, exactly. They, 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 yeah, right? exactly. When people when people think of rogue decks, they think of these, like, really crappy third-tier combo decks. And that's because <laughs> that's, what, that's what people build. It's, like, always, like, yeah. oh, I have, I have two Palladium Mirrors and, like, the Untapped Mirror guy or whatever. It's, like, <laughs> yeah, like, that is a rogue deck. But rogue does not necessarily mean, like, I have to play bad cards, and just because other people aren't playing them, it just means like, yeah, but like figure- nobody gets that. They're always like, "Oh man, check out this awesome theme deck I built." I'm like, "What? You're the yeah, fucking I had, worst." I had Robert Martin, who I don't know if you guys are fans of or not, but yeah. uh, he, it was on Monday Night Magic. <laughs> like, would you call your deck a rogue deck? Because it was really just Ianaga's list with a different color. And I was like, first of all, like just switching a different color is already huge. <laughs> like that's, I mean, if you had like, like you know, if you had Callblade, and you know, if you were great at like, a draft pick ever. No, but I mean, if you're playing Callblade and you're like, all right, let's remove the Jace Mind Sculptors, the Mana Leaks, the, the Consecrated Sphinx, all this stuff, and let's add black. Let's play black-white Callblade. People wouldn't be like, oh, it's just Callblade. It's not a big deal. Like, they'd be like, whoa, it's a, it's a completely different thing. Um, so, I mean, like, when you get stuck in, in your old-fashioned ways of, like, hard-naming something rogue and you're, you're, you're 
unwilling to play a deck that kind of looks similar. Like, I'm not trying to invent a new archetype here. I'm just trying to play whatever deck happens to be best for the tournament. And in this case, it was it was a metagame choice. It was like a bunch of cards that I thought were good in the metagame, and I just put them together. And yes, it, it was a similar shell to a Wolf Run deck, but I'm not going to, you know, yeah, try to... Yeah, decker. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, but you, you know you don't have to you don't have to invent a new genre of deck just to like. <laughs> no, this is what you don't understand. As a brewer, you have to invent a new genre for great justice. <laughs> Shout out to Chris I mean, I mean, sometimes sometimes oh you will. <laughs> Mono black control is back, baby. <laughs> yeah, Mono black control. That's an original one. Uh, no, but like sometimes you will do that, and you know those times you're, you know, it just happens to work out that way. Like, you know, I played Trash for Treasure in Grand Prix before. I played, you know, a lot. I played, you know, uh, Stoneforge Mystic and Jace the first week they came out at GP Orlando or GP uh, Oakland or whatever. And like those times, it was like a deck that idea that no one had really ever thought of up to that point. But it doesn't have to be that. You're 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 trying to win the tournament is the bottom line, and you have to do whatever you can to, that gives you the biggest edge in that that respect. Nice. So, any changes you would make to the deck now, moving forward? Uh, there's probably a bunch, but it's I haven't even really looked at it in that way, just because there's a new site coming out, and there's not like you know a tournament I'm going to before then, so it's kind of difficult to like pick apart the deck and figure out exactly what would change. Like, sure. I didn't play against Mono Red at all, uh, which made the Batter Skulls and Tree Redemption a little uh, awkward. Like, I never yeah. I I brought in zero Tree Redemptions across the tournament, and I brought in Batter Skull I think as one of twice against like Solar Flare. Um, and then once it gets the blue white humans deck at the end, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's difficult to like analyze and say, I would have changed all these things when the deck played very well against all the matchups I was expecting. I don't know what the new metagame looks like. I don't know how many people are going to try to play my deck. Uh, I haven't even thought about mirror technology, uh, because really, I mean, dark ascension is coming out and you know, the pro tour is right after that. So I'll, I'll focus yeah. on it like after that. So it seems like, um, Everybody, like, Patrick just put up an article on Star City Games today about, uh, you know, black-white tokens coming back. And it's very clear from the cards that are coming out that Wizards wants that, too. It's, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a pretty sick deck. Yeah. The yeah, fact the that they get, like, that, new spec precision pushes is always shit. I don't know about <laughs> that. Like, if you look at some of these cards, these cards are, like, absurd. Spectral procession, like... Plus one. I mean, I know it costs five mana or whatever to like get your full value, but getting two 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 one one flyers and then two more for two mana the next turn. Yeah, that card is very 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 good. Like Midnight Haunting is already a good card, and that card is better than Midnight Haunting in my opinion. Yeah, agree, agree. Yeah, it's definitely a deck list that I'm I'm looking forward to at least building to try out. Um, because I'm just I'm tired of feeling like I have to play blue all the time. I'm um, not. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong, I love it, but I, I really think that Soren's pretty flavorful, and I think that the synergy that's Wait, interlaced man. with the cards is is pretty sick. Plus that, <laughs> the Vault of the Archangel, that card's absurd. Yeah, man, you guys are breaking some brand new ground here, Copernicus. Yeah, that tells me as well, like, if, if that's the land that, that they're previewing, that's totally going to be a cycle, right? Like, you can't... Yes, it will be, it'll be the same cycle as Innistrad, just the enemy colors. So, how insane are some of those lands going to be? Like if, yeah, if like, that's like, the one that's spoiling, like, right? People ask me, and I was like, the black green land, like whatever it does, like it could very easily, you know, make it in this. Like maybe it, like I don't know, maybe you put plus X or X plus one plus one counters on a creature where like X is the number of creatures in your graveyard or something. Like, yeah, some land like that would like easily be, you know, uh, tutorable in the same vein that Wolf Run is or whatever. Uh, but you know, we really have to wait and see. One card that I think will be awesome for those types of decks, by the way, is Tragic Slip. That card is just sweet. Oh my god! Yeah, so, so I. Good. 
read about that today. And I mean, like any deck that plays Snapcaster with that card is is just out to lunch. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, I love that card. Sweet. For anyone that yeah. doesn't know, it's, it's a single black instant. Uh, target creature gets minus one, minus one. And then if it's morbid, uh, they get minus 13, minus 13 instead. And it's an instant, right? It's not a sorcery. Yeah, yeah it's one. It's instant. a one black instant. Yeah, that's so you've always you've always Is seen this rare? style. Of, no, it's common. You've what? always seen. Yeah, what? you've always, you've always seen this style card, like lose hope or whatever. From that had like scry attached. There's always like some <laughs> star which just gave it a minus one minus one counter, but like this bonus is like huge. Like yeah. being able to kill. This anything. is a common dude. This is a and th- and think about this. This in the black white token oh stack is going to be one of the go to removals, right? Yeah. Because I mean, you're going to be fucking trading and jumping guys all day. It'd be like, all right, well, over on turn one, which is huge. This yeah. Is a common. This is a common. This is a common. You realize <laughs> it has no bearing on constructed, right? Jay's like, it's a common! Everyone for their constructed decks, no. <laughs> I want everyone else to be broke with me and not build a fortress. Yeah! Fuck. <laughs> it's a common? Just make it a mythic, oh mythic rare. It's mythic yeah, rare, people, Jay. Now, it's mythic. The people, it's mythic. I, the people that I draft with already don't draft black at all. Like, so, like, remember the story? Uh, Conley probably doesn't. But I told this story about where I got, like, six dead weights in a draft, and, like, one of them was pick 45. <laughs> yeah. So you're, and, gonna uh, you're gonna get six tragic slips, so that way. You're yeah, yeah, and like, and like, so I went to draft last weekend, and I got three dead weights in pack three after pick eight. First of all, the fact you let them go around the first time is, is pretty telling. I knew, I knew yeah. it was gonna what was gonna happen. I had three victim knights. I had three Mona Van Hallowed. <laughs> just fucking people up. Yeah, so let's, let's all cry for you like, now that you're going to get three tragic slips. Woe is Jay. No Casper. No. This is so upset with it not being a mythic rare. <laughs> you know what else is a common is faithless looting. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. That's the other game changer, right? Like, How do you just not play like Grixis Burning Vengeance with fucking Snapcaster Mages all, all like these? Well, first of all, the, the reason is because there's only so many Burning Vengeance. There's only so many what? Burning Vengeance in a draft, so if you have two other people drafting the deck and you don't get a Burning Vengeance, what happens? Well, I was talking about Constructed, but... Are, are we oh. switching from draft to Constructed? Come on, stay on track, Jay. Figure it out, Connolly. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. First of all, I can't make anything through your thick Canadian accent. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Tragic Slip is a common? What? It's a common! <laughs> it's a common? <laughs> Reed Duke, fuck that bear. <laughs> whoa! Whoa. So anyways, the land that I want to see is the red-blue one. That's going to be sick! Yeah. Hopefully it's better than Nivix. Uh-huh. Does anybody remember Nivix? Oh my god, Ni- yeah. Nivix it's, is uh, the, terrible. The, the, the Wait, so you get to play cards with that off the top of your yeah, deck? Yeah, but it costs four mana and to tap it, and then you have to reveal the top card of your library. If it's an instant or sorcery, you can cast it for its mana cost. Yeah, so you, have you to still have to pay the mana. You have to pay five mana, and then hope whatever is on top, you have, like, the oh. mana. Wizards was like, hey, remember, yeah. remember maybe, that future maybe site? I just cheated with that card. Maybe I just played <laughs> yeah. it without paying the No, mannequin. it's terrible. And, like, the problem is if you, like, wait till your opponent's end step and you reveal a sorcery, you feel like a douche. But if you activate it on your main phase and you reveal a counterspell, you're like, this is the worst land of all time. <laughs> like, I can never, you have to play with actually all instants in your deck in order for that land to be good. Yeah, oh, it's man. pretty rough. Yeah, Wizards was like, hey, you remember future site? Yeah, that card is really cool. Let's make, let's reprint it. No, we can't. It's too powerful. Hmm. All right, well, let's put the ability on a land, make it terrible, and make it expensive as hell. That'll totally yeah, like, be played. Look at yeah, other yeah, yeah. lands on that. Look at the other lands on that cycle. There's like Vidu Gazi, which is like crazy. There's the <laughs> uh, the plus one plus one and trample guy. The, like that one was fine. Uh, there's like uh, the the land that becomes a giant creature. Like this, like all the these, restless all, tomb. All those was lands insane. are like, like good good cards or whatever. And then you have like the one that like Prov or whatever that like you know uh, 
stops their thing from killing you. And then you yeah. have this shitty Nivix that doesn't ever do anything <laughs> except for kill you for one. The white black was pretty <laughs> shitty too, though, right? Like they discard the one card. Last... No, no, no. That's the red black one. That's each player discards a card. Oh yeah. I want to talk constructive play. Oh man, shows what I know. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> that's called. Uh... I don't remember the name of it actually. I was gonna... Some some monkey will always play uh, like. Stesnia Bloodhall and call it tech, right? So, I mean, I like yeah. Stesnia Blood. I almost played it as a one of in my list, but I realized that my end game was way too powerful to even consider that. Yeah, see, that's the mark of the good of the good brewer, right? Is is casting aside things that are absolutely fucking terrible, no like matter silence. how important you think you are. <laughs> so well, good. I mean, I remember, I remember not too long ago, Conley was playing Mistvale Plains with Soren Markov, and whoa, recycled whoa, whoa, that shit. Whoa. That was that was a good that was a, that was a good that was first of all that was Grand or Pro Tour Austin that was like my what fourth Pro Tour ever and uh, no it was my that was after Honolulu that was my second Pro Tour ever uh, <laughs> and I did top 100 that Pro Tour thank you very much yeah you know that was the <laughs> first time that was the first time I ever like I guess had respect for you is when I seen you doing that I was like that's insane yeah I played I played against Dredge in that tournament and uh, I was playing with the tech of Ghostly Prison I had four of them in my deck. And Mana Burn had just been removed. Like, Mana Burn was no longer a thing. And my opponents did not understand how it worked with Planeswalkers. You do not have to pay the two if you attack a Planeswalker. But, like, I was playing against this stretch guy. He's got 100 bridge tokens in play. He's, like, all excited. But, like, I've sworn Markov, and he only has, like, two or three mana or something. So he keeps paying two and attacking with a single zombie into my Sorn. And I'm, like, block with Martyr Sand, gain some life or whatever every time. And I mind, I, I mind slavered him twice with the same Sorn because he just never attacked it with his 100 tokens. It was oh, so my mad. God. I ended up, I ended up decking You were playing against KYT. It was the But, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And, uh, I mean, my deck was actually okay for that tournament. I think I went, uh, Four and one in the first constructed portion, and three two in the second. But I like bomb draft hard. Like it went straight up my butt, did not leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that's a common analogy, but that's what happened. Yeah, I think the deck, the deck that that I think put you on my radar was uh, the Jund Mannequin deck. Oh yeah, that was that was Nationals of uh, two thousand nine. Yeah, that was an insane list, and you know it's funny because it it kept showing up at F and M, and it just spanked. A lot of my lists uh, aren't good after the tournament I play them in, uh, partly because I designed four tournaments, not four seasons, because uh, I am fortunate enough to not have to play PTQs anymore, so, you know, seasons really don't, don't exist. Um, a lot of times, it's something small, like uh, when I played Magical Christmas Land at Worlds, uh, which was uh, probably not a very good deck, but it ended up doing pretty well for me, uh, was because like, I played against Frank Karsten in that tournament, and I like played a turn two Lotus Cobra and passed a turn. He's playing like Jund or whatever. And he's like, you know, turn three, sprouting through an X go. And he, he could have Maelstrom Pulse. He even told me after the game that he obviously should have Maelstrom Pulse. But he unta- I untap, and I violent ultimate him to his three lands uh, <laughs> on turn three. And he was like, wow, I guess I should have Maelstrom Pulse that. But, like, people didn't know because at the time, people who were playing Lotus Cobra, your best play was to untap, play a fetch land, and play a Baneslayer Angel. In which case, you'd want to save the Maelstrom Pulse for the Baneslayer Angel because it's going to come down eventually anyway. So... People were not expecting you to cast spells off of your Lotus Cobra, and obviously Maelstrom Pulse doesn't interact well with Violent Ultimatum. Uh, so, like, it was little things like that. Like, that deck, once people started killing your Lotus Cobras, that deck fell apart, like, very easily. Yeah. Nobody won with it online. I could never win another game with it to save my life. But it was, like, one of those, one of those perfect storm things. It's like, you know, you found this card that nobody's really using optimally, so if you just figure out how to use it and uh, take advantage of people's ignorance, and it's not their fault, they just hadn't seen that interaction before, then, uh, you know, you can end up with some short-term success, so... 
<laughs> I remember trying to play that deck after the tournament, and I'm like, this deck is a pile of shit. Like, every game I play. <laughs> it was oh my god. I had four ultimatums in the main deck and 23 lands. It was not. It was not. Good. Oh my god. <laughs> segway, segway in. There's infinite segways here. Infinite segways. You know what is a deck is a fucking garbage pile of shit. Is oh. fucking Rune Chanter's Pike. Gar- oh, I played like 10 games with that yesterday. So <laughs> FYI, I don't know. Like I don't know if anybody knew this, but that deck doesn't play any fucking lands in it. So yeah, it plays like 20, 21, for right? some for some reason it plays like twenty one lands because everybody's a fucking retard and they're playing they're actually just playing a draft deck. So what is like, this oh, man, When I play a fucking draft deck, I don't need any fucking mana, you know, to like Snapcaster back a like a fucking even a mana leak or like a midnight haunting or something. Like no, you don't need mana for that because you're playing can a draft we, deck. And then, all... and then what were you gonna say? So, were you gonna I was just, I was just gonna ask if we could all just pitch in and get you a massage or something because you just need <laughs> yeah. to fuck. It'd be great. Yeah, you know, but then, you know what else? Because you don't play any fucking lands, and half your deck is white, you don't have any fucking white sources for your Moorland Haunts that produce colorless mana, and for your Geists of St. Traff that are really great on turn 7. So you're just sitting there like, oh man, this is wicked. It's a two-land hand, so I have to keep it. It doesn't matter if I have action or not, because this fucking deck is a fucking garbage ass. And I love you that you're bashing there. the deck that, like, has been the best deck for, I don't know, a couple no, months so now. Worse. I don't give a shit. That's so bad. The best deck at Star City Games. Two Explorers. You know what else? Top eight at a Star City Games? A deck with no fucking sideboard. Man. That's, that's must hard. Be hard to fucking win this, this, a fucking Star occur. City Games. Yeah. It must be hard to win Star City Games tournaments when you're playing against people in the top eight that don't even have a fucking sideboard. All right. To be fair, there was a GP going on at the time. <laughs> and there was something else as well, right? There's uh, like two GPs or something. I think it was only one. I okay, don't think so they started the European GP cycle yet. Yeah, it was GP and there was some other stuff. That I mean, nobody, nobody was at that Star City tournament, dude. Still yeah, no excuse. You know, it only had terrible. 500 people in it, that's all. Yeah, nobody was there. That deck fucking <laughs> blows. You know who was there? The 500 people? It was like single dads that took their kids there. <laughs> that's who it was. <laughs> Oh, People who thought it was Comic-Con and Sprankle would be there. That's who that was. <laughs> hey, Sprankle's back. Did you guys see that? Yep. <laughs> I don't even know. She, like, came out. She came out like hot grease, and then she just faded very quickly. Oh, God. Yeah, she's like, I'm what? leaving the community. JK. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. So, uh, so Conley, I know that you're not having to play on the I really want to get to uh, I, I want to get to talking all about the fun and scumbag stories that you guys had and the awesome time that you actually had socially outside of the actual magic context. But before I get there, I actually have to ask about you know for some of our listeners some responsibility to them for you know some measure of quality content. Um, you know, further to what you've already provided. Whew, got there. Um, <laughs> is uh, so modern PTQ seasons upon us. Um, I know pre-show you kind of mentioned casually that you had sent, been working on some lists for some buddies, but since you know you're a full-blown pro that wins GPs and doesn't have to grind on the circuit anymore, um, you... oh, I grind, I grind. Okay, so <laughs> what have you been working on right now uh, in terms of modern, or what are the what are the two decks that you'd sort of recommend for anyone that's looking at PTQ? Besides my grinding motion, because I've been working on that a lot. Yeah, no, no, I don't <laughs> see <laughs> what the ladies like it. Okay, the ladies like a little bump and grind. From the right. There ain't nothing wrong with a little bump what and grind. What fucking ladies like that? 
<laughs> like just the sweatiest, awkward sex on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom's not complaining. Boom. She got her money already. Why would she complain? <laughs> well, that's just bad business. What? Yeah. Just, you just sit there with a smile once you get shipped your 20. <laughs> oh my god. By the way, it's minus 40 here. It is so cold in Calgary that hookers are charging you $20 to blow your hands. It's <laughs> fucked. You've been waiting for it. You, you heard that joke two days ago and you've just been waiting for your spot. <laughs> Just no, no, I just there. thought of it now. You wrote it on your hand. You just keep looking back. You're like, fuck, I didn't find the spot yet. Where's the hooker joke? Where's the hooker joke? I thought it's just now. It's on par with Scotty's mom jokes. So fuck you, goddammit. You're just mad because Rune Chanter's Pike sucks. I didn't play the damn thing. Don't look at me. I just just fixed one. Uh, Connie's the best J-Troll ever. ever. Yeah. And then Marshall? Oh, yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. for... Uh, fucking dink. For the modern PTUs, I hooked a, a friend up with a mono blue list. Uh, is in quotes because he had had uh, other dual ends to provide for engineering explosives and ancient grudge on the sideboard. Um, but yeah, it was a mono blue list. It was pretty sweet. Delvers and Snapcasters and Vanillian Clicks. Uh, like Teleria Wests with some Shackles? Sweet, yeah, Shackles uh, is a four of some like uh, Teleria West is a tutor for some sweet little cards. Uh, obviously, a Cryptic Commands, Mana Leaks. Um, Really not a ton of card drawing outside of, like, some cantrips and Snapcaster. But uh, usually that was enough. And then I think I had, like, one Teferi in the list. It was a pretty sweet little list. Didn't that deck uh, for, do really well? Uh, you, the, my buddy top ate it with it. Um, I've seen other lists that are, like, kind of similar. Like, Flores posted one, but I didn't really like his his take on it. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of interesting because Blue doesn't have to turn to Tarmogoyf anymore um, to do what it wants to do because Delver is so close to, like, Tarmogoyf or Wild Nakato that... Uh, you can actually just be a blue deck and play Delver Secrets and end games very quickly. Um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty sweet little list. And then uh, uh, I gave my other friend who went to the same PTQ um, a kind of updated version of the zoo deck I played at Worlds with uh, Loam Lines instead of Wild Nakatos, of course. And then uh, like an additional Geist of St. Trap, additional Snapcaster Mage, um, Finks in the board because I expected Zoo to be down a little bit. I had Finks in the main before. Just some small changes like that. Uh, but yeah, both. Uh, he, I think he went like X two or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, that's all I've really done. I have Lincoln coming up, which is like a month away. That's modern. Uh, so I have to, you know, figure out something for there. But we'll be in Honolulu for 18 days testing standards. I'm sure we're gonna dip into some modern sometime in there. Nice, sweet, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, modern looks good. I mean, I've seen people playing Blood Moon lists, people playing, like, you know, fairy-style lists, like, Zoo's still around, a lot of combo. Um, I mean, uh, it looks like the format can get stale pretty quickly if people just get content with the decks that exist, but the card pool is so large that if people just keep searching, there's going to be new decks that, that that come up throughout the season because no one deck is so good that people have to play it right now, which is kind of nice. So mm-hmm. as long as you can uh, build your deck around the constraints of the format, meaning, like, can you beat a Blood Moon? Can you beat, you know, a turn one uh, Step Links? Can you beat uh, a turn four Splinter Twin? Things like that. As long as yeah. you, like, have those types of situations in mind, uh, there's going to be new decks that uh, people sh- show up with all, you know, three, four months long or whatever, which should be pretty cool. Nice. So, uh, Soren, do you think he's got an application outside of Standard? Uh, Outside of Standard, I'm not sure. Maybe. Like, the mana's better outside of Standard, so more decks can play him. But uh, he's kind of low impact. Like, I feel like most decks would rather play an Elspeth because um, Elspeth's better. But, yeah. I mean, it's, like I said, as far as mana is concerned, it's not that big of a deal. Um, then again, you know, 
if you kind of use it like you did Sarkinvol back in the day, like just as like the overrun type effect, you played an overrun immediately. Uh, maybe I don't know it, but you know maybe black white tokens can see play in uh, like in a black white tokens list. This card would obviously you know exist. So and all the other token cards, Spectre Procession, etc., still exist in uh, in modern. So we'll see if that becomes a deck. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Okay, cool. Well, in that case, then let's move on to the fun shit. KYT, uh, Conley, you guys have any, like, crazy-ass stories that came out of the weekend? Okay, so the first thing uh, I want to talk about before I forget was uh, a friend of mine told me uh, something about Craig Wesco, and I don't know if you, uh, you guys, if this is already known, uh, and it's the reason why he he only plays white decks. You He's know a what? white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> he is mildly racist, but I don't think that's the reason why. It's He's racist? <laughs> we made fun of him. We, uh, I actually shared a beach house with Lesko in uh, Pro Tour San Juan, and uh, we got uh, a single Heineken in that guy, and he turned into some crazy. We actually called him <laughs> a one single Heineken. We called him one Heine Wesky for the entire trip after that. It was a single <laughs> Heineken. He went off the deep end. Like we could not get in a cab with the guy because he would just like curse at the cab driver, and like it was it was a crazy weekend. Man, I yeah. thought all those sombrero jokes that he was making were just jokes. <laughs> in truth, he just wants, you know, all your Mexican family to die or something. I don't know. Exactly. So, I'm sorry. So, KYT, that's exactly what you're alluding to? No, 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 not at all. So, what... <laughs> of course, it's not that he's racist. But... <laughs> he hates black people. So it's by... Listen, it's it's passable. I mean, you know. I mean, PB's a scumbag. My world is crumbling. But who right, I'm, actually, I'm actually interested to hear the reason why. What is the reason why, KYT? So, so my friend tells me it's because uh, he uh, he started playing only white decks once he became like super religious. So nice. that even like to the point where even if he'd open a profane command, he'd pass the profane command. So I thought, I don't think that's a true story. No, I believe <laughs> that he's a sheet carrying member of the KKK. Before I believe that. Yeah, like I've I've hung around Wesco a lot. He's never mentioned that, and. Uh, he, I think he just plays white decks. That's so what he's comfortable with. That's like saying, "Why do you think Chapin only plays nine <laughs> color control decks. decks?" And it's like, <laughs> well, obviously a pagan because he's enlightened. He's multicultural. Yeah, he's a Scientologist, therefore he plays all the colors. Like, no, he plays them because that's what he's good at, and that's what he likes. Uh, it makes him less versatile. Like, like Chapin has has harder times in limited and in uh, modern other formats because those types of decks aren't necessarily the best, but whenever that type of deck is viable, he's going to be one of the better people that you saw, yeah. you saw this past weekend. Yeah. Obviously the rise of it was kind of during Lorwyn. That's, I mean, that's all he played during that time because everybody could play it and he was kind of known for it at the time. But uh, if you really look at like Chapin's lists in between those times, they're usually interesting, but he tends to not play those lists. He, he, he gravitates towards three, four, five color control lists because that's what he's good at. Uh, and it's what he likes. And, you know, standard happens to be the best place for that. And that's why it's his format of choice. I would <laughs> yeah. assume that's why West go plays white decks because it's what he knows what he likes um he I mean he drafts them as well like you know he played white blue against me at the pro tour and i think that's what he drafted uh in austin uh but i'm not sure that's so white I, I will say i will say that wesco has a degree in theology but i doubt that's why he plays white decks yeah uh, i'm not sure i mean I, i'll ask him about it next time i talk to him uh, uh, uh <laughs> No, I'm serious. I, I don't have a problem saying, do you play it because you're religious? I mean, a chance, like, I would say there's a 99% chance he says no. Like, he doesn't play all angel decks or something. Like, I thought it was well, kind he's of not a girl. Cool he's just religious. 
So maybe yeah, my friend mean, was trolling me. But I mean, why would he play white if it was just like like there are white cards that don't fit like like how does Savannah Lion or like Spectral Rider like those cards are not like religious cards. It's all yeah, like Priest of Norn is actually just kind of like sacrilegious even. It has infect, <laughs> you know. Yeah, or like Suture Priest. That's not like a. You know, that's not like a card that you could just play because you're religious. And plus, like, if you turn to blue or red or green, none of those are, like, like the only color in Magic that really has, like, any anti-religious stuff is black. And that's because it has demons and things of that nature and, like, fallen priests. But every other color is, like, pretty neutral on the religious charts. Yeah, blue is deception, actually. So, like, deception and trickery. So, like, why would you combine blue with white? I mean, that's, well, because like... maybe, because that's Jehovah's Witnesses, right? <laughs> oh god dope. Dude, right there. actually I had this happen actually when I first started playing magic I was uh I was like preaching at churches and stuff and like so like a lot of people would hang out with me a lot of the younger guys would hang out like their parents would want me to be like a good influence on them so like once I started playing magic um they actually were they were not allowed to hang out with me anymore and one of the kids went all to angel decks he was only playing angel decks because his mom wouldn't let him play other colors yeah, I mean that was that was a concern of their parents and pedophilia, of course. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So it was it, it's 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 serious business in the uh, in the uh, it's religious serious realm. business serious <laughs> business. <laughs> Anyways, it's possible my friend was just trolling me, but I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, <laughs> apparently he was having. Apparently he was having a conversation uh, with Chapin. Over uh, like the new cards in Dark Ascension, I mm-hmm. guess he was trying to discuss and, and find out what to write about in his TCG player article. And and while Chapin was praising some other card, uh, Wesco apparently went out of nowhere and said, "I like Angelic Destiny." <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I mean, at this point, you're just like combining like anecdotal things and trying to. I don't. Know. I don't, I don't yeah. think. I don't think this like you know. I mean, it, it's very well possible, but I, I like. Like I said, he like drank a beer with us. I don't know. Like religious people don't drink single beers ever. He drank a single beer. We called him One Heine Whiskey, and then we played quarters. We played pack wars for quarters. Oh, yeah. In order to draw during your draw step, you had to throw in a quarter, and you could choose not to throw in a quarter, but you didn't get to draw for that turn. So it was like I don't know. We played like uh, we it ended up being a fairly large Hammer? number. We just pack wars. <laughs> no, I mean we were we were drinking too, but this was like. I don't know. It was like post or post uh, San Juan, and you know nobody did well in our house really, so it was just depressing quarters games. Good story. Yeah. So I actually got a, a I got a, a scumbag story that came into us yeah. from one of from uh, one of our yeah, listeners, yeah. Um, kind of like secondhand by proxy. So I guess I, I I guess this is Evil Beard that sent it. I I think right like Eric. Is that that guy's name? Eric. Fucking Thanks. shout out to Eric. Yeah. So anyways. So here's I'm gonna read this verbatim, okay? I'm not going to put any sort of um I, I'm not gonna put any sort of spin or or change any of the words this is exactly as I received it via email. So anyone wants to uh you know take this up with me later, uh um, with Evil Beard. Take it up with Evil Beard. I, so I actually can't listen to this because his name is Evil Beard. Okay. And it's against and religious. Religion. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you gotta okay, but it's actually just Evil Beard relaying the story. So I got this from this a forum. Could be blasphemous. I blasphemous. He could be so, a devil worshiper. So here's what he says. He says, I got this from a forum I post on. One of our posters played at GP Austin and got paired against Michael Jacob. Here's what he had to say. Colon. Quotation. So I played in the Orlando GP this weekend playing Esper Control. Clearly it was the, the uh, uh, Orlando GP. 
I went 7-1-1 on day one with my loss being to PV of Channel Fireball and my draw being to Michael Jacob of whatever I think Star City. No spaces. Michael Jacob was the hugest douchebag I've ever played against. I tried to start conversation with him before the match started, but he would only give condescending one-word answers to anything I tried to say, so I stopped trying before game one began. In game one, I managed to get out three pristine talismans as well as play multiple timelies, and we both reached a life total of over 30. The game went on for about 30 minutes before I scooped to a board of Sun Titan and Phantasmal images I can't deal with. Game 2 goes much faster. I white sun for 4, and he is unable to answer it in the turns it takes me to beat him down. During this game, Jacob misses a pristine talisman trigger for the second time, after being warned on the first by a judge, and receives a game warning. He instantly becomes livid, all in capitals. Calls it bullshit and appeals to the head judge. Practically yelling at the head judge, he is told to keep playing the match and that the judge will speak to him after. Seeing a prime opportunity to make a Magic Pro even more angry, I notice... <laughs> <laughs> I notice we have only about six or seven minutes going into game three. I contemplate on my seven card hand, one land in spells. I mulligan. I draw my six, a six lander. I laugh and keep. Michael Jacob is playing fast as he possibly can, slamming lands down on the table and angrily grunting <laughs> go to me. I take my pretty time drawing each card, contemplating <laughs> what land I would like to play, so bad. and deciding if I'd like to... And deciding to pass, if I'd like to pass the turn yet. A judge is watching me the whole time, so I make sure not to intentionally stall the game. I'm just not going to play at the pace he wants me to. Eventually, during a hard pick on a forbidden alchemy, we hit zero minutes remaining and enter the five extra turns. I do what amounts to nothing, while Jacob tries to set up another Sun Titan image board. On turn five, Jacob swings in and knocks me down to 12 life, his board being Sun Titan and an image copying the Sun, copying the Titan. I pass turn. So, we're done here? We both reveal our hands, his being a Dissipate, and two other relevant cards. I show him mine, a land and a mana leak that would be dead in every situation. <laughs> he, goes e he goes even further into Tilt. To make it better, I show him the top two cards of my library. A ghost quarter and another mana leak. <laughs> oh, oh my god. He gets visibly angry. Wow. You realize there's no way you can win, and I have you dead on board. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Was the response? What of it? I think I saw one of the blood vessels in his eyes burst. <laughs> <laughs> the head judge returns and begins to speak to him about the game warning. Jacob is obviously still very angry, and the judge tells him to take five or ten minutes, calm down, talk to his friends, and come speak to him after. Jacob then says a sentence that I'm sure will be repeated many times by me and my friends who are watching. And for those listening at home, incidentally, every one of our listeners. No, I don't have any friends to talk to. I want to talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Is this real? Yeah. This I, consider, I, I consider the entire match a moral victory. Anyway, so apparently, so Eric said it to us because uh, it's draw. right in line with, all, yeah, it's right, yeah, it was a draw. It's right in line with all the other stories about him being a major douche to his opponents, and he and he immediately thought of us in our podcast. So all right, I, I well, just absolutely I actually, needed to share that. I actually that. can sh shed a little bit of light on this. I played against MJ round one of day two. Uh, we were both in a draw bracket because I got the draw from the earlier story I told. And um, clearly he and, got this draw. And No, MJ is known for being... Uh, pretty dry and, uh, you know, I, I, he does get a little emotional sometimes when he plays. Basically, in our game, uh, what ended up happening is 
uh, a judge came over to start watching us, and uh, he had a forbidden alchemy, and the judge, uh, he was taking a little while, and the judge was like, uh, I, I, like, innocently asked how much time was in the round, because I didn't want us to get another draw. There was, like, four minutes left or whatever. Uh, but the judge took that as a cue, I guess, and told him to take to be faster on his play. And he ended up taking the wrong card off of Ben Alchemy, apparently. And then right after the match, was a little upset at the judge. He was like, if you hadn't said anything, then, you know, I wouldn't have lost that game. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I don't know. He gets he's, – he's a competitive guy. I mean, uh, he's not the most uh, friendly individual. But at the same time, like, you can't expect somebody to just be, like, social and extroverted just because they play Magic. Like, we all have different personality types. And, like, you know, some people deal with people in a different way. And, like, I mean, I'm not saying that, like – you know, that's the way I would have gone about it. But at the same time, you can't expect people to just be different because they play magic. Like it's, I don't know. So there's a little defend, bit of defense, a little bit of defending defense. him or are you, or are you, no, it's like, a little, it's a little, I mean, it, oh, I am okay. defending to a certain extent because, you know, as a personality in the game, I get like emails and like people come up to me or whatever and ask for signatures. And at times it's like a little frustrating just because, uh, you know, I have this responsibility that's kind of been put on me just because I play magic and do it fairly well. Uh, at the same time, I'm able to usually, cope with that and i'm fairly friendly i think and uh i'm, I'm receptive no you're not but well it's not canadians they suck but, <laughs> okay. but but when it comes to like you know other people aren't like me i can't you know you, you can't be like you should change the way you act because you play magic I, he does not like he acts you know in a strictly bad way he just doesn't really like to interact with people or whatever and like to 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 be like, well, you're a professional magic player, therefore you should be social and nice. I mean, you can't really put that pressure on somebody. Like, it's he just plays magic. He's not like a, you know, he's not writing books for a living and like, you know, mm-hmm. doing videos with people. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where it's like the idea of celebrity in our culture kind of gets uh, blown out of proportion, and people expect things out of uh, people that are in the public eye more than they do of other people. Here's the thing. Uh, like I, I, I agree. Like we shouldn't hold everybody to the same standard. Like I'm, I'm down with that. I, I'm completely on board with you. I don't think we should condemn him for being a douche just because he's a pro. Um, but I mean, like, if he's a douche, you just have to accept the fact that he's a douche. If you're a pro and you're, you know, or or considered a, you know, in the pro community, as it were, right? Somebody of relevance that people take notice of. Then you, if you're a douche, that's fine. You're a douche, but. Understand that people are going to call you a douche and be okay with it. Be, yeah, because the, the, the big difference here is that like is like Jerry's a douche, but everyone loves him because he's like an outgoing, funny, social yeah, douche. But MJ is very, MJ is very cold, and because of that, he's got the same style of like attitude as Jerry, but he portrays it in a different way. So people just tend to like view it as a negative thing when it just he just goes about things differently. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I personally would never do that to other people. And uh, it even comes across as a little rash when I'm playing him or whatever. Like, you know, he gets a little upset. And, like, for example, after the match, I didn't sit there and talk with him for a long time. I basically, like, was, like, sorry that the judge helped, like, made you screw up or whatever, which I didn't. Those things where, like, I just want to get away from the table because I'm not going to sit here and, like, you know, if he's pouting or upset or anything like that, I don't want to be here. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I just got got myself away. But, like, when you, like, take advantage of that and you're, like, I mean, it sounds like this guy was, like, you know, upset the way MJ was acting, so he kind of acted like a douchebag. And, like, that's just uncalled for. Like, just, you know, by the way you think they should be done doesn't mean you need to, like, be a douchebag or whatever. And, I mean, obviously this guy was just trying to, like, be a real-life troll. But at the same time, like, you know, <laughs> his 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 reaction to the situation did not make the situation better, right? Like, you, can't, you can't condemn somebody for acting that way and then act the same way back. It's just not, it's not polite. Yeah. That's probably fair. And I I mean, I know it goes against the whole, like, let's be funny and talk about scumbags and stuff like that. But this happens all the time. Like, you know, people basically assume that other people act the same way they do. And it's just not fair. 
Yeah. In all fairness, it, it made for a really entertaining story. Sure, I well, agree with that. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to be—I didn't mean to be all like grown-up uh, response and like serious or anything like that. But it is something that does come up, and when you travel to enough tournaments, you see enough people, and you and you interact with these people, and you understand that, like, you know, they do have a certain uh, expectation out of you, and it's like that's just not necessarily uh, something that you should be holding up about people. Yeah, but I mean, part part of it is, uh, you know, being a magic celebrity has also its. Uh... Its benefits, you know, because John so knows like, all about this. Yeah, I mean, it has it has its benefits. So, like, you take the good with the bad, you know. I understand what you're saying. Just because you play magic or you write about magic doesn't mean you're not going to be a douchebag. But if you're going to be a douchebag, then expect that people are going to be a douchebag back. And like, you know, sure. I also would say this. I do think I do think MJ is the exception here, and I think in general most pros are fairly approachable and nice. And oh yeah, 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 so. Yeah, and we we agree wholeheartedly with that too. Like, and and in all fairness, like I mean, we mentioned this last episode or the episode before. I can't remember when last this came up, but when I was when we were at GP Toronto, uh, he, he and uh, LSV were sitting down. We had a good chat, and you know what? He did nothing but treat us with respect, and you know, because Robert and I were there, just kind of chatting him up. And yeah, he did nothing but treat us with respect, and you know, he was a nice enough guy about it. And, yeah, know, con- sitting... context context has everything. I mean, he just lost a game, right? Like, you're never yeah. going to be happy when you lose. He just happens to like wear his emotions on his sleeve. In that case, like, if he had just won, I'm sure he wouldn't have been just as brisk or anything like that. Yeah. Or if well, he, he was he was not... sitting he was sitting with LSV not at the table uh, day, beginning of day two, having not made day two. So oh, okay. I'm sure, yeah, no, I'm sure it very well could have been a salty situation, and chances are if LSV hadn't been sitting there and been so cool about it, uh, it might have been different. I don't know. But bottom line is, like, I, I totally agree with you. It's all about context. It's all about timing. And some people just take this game really seriously, and some people don't. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, the universe's rule is you, you kind of should expect what you put out there. So I mean, well, yeah, also- it, it, also, the kid was trying to be, like, a chatty Cathy anyways, and sometimes, like, I don't want to talk when I'm playing Magic, you know, necessarily. Like, I, I just want to, like, I want to play Magic, and the, and the guy might be like, oh, hey, how's it going? And I'm just like, eh, it's going good, you know? Uh, yeah, it's you know, true. Should, some, people, should... some, some people feel in the zone when they're not talking and stuff, and they just want to have the best chance of winning. They're not trying to be, like, a complete douche about it. They're just, you know, want to give themselves the best chance at winning. So that's oh, my God. Why are we still going over this over and over again? Okay, well, I thing, mean... The, the thing about Michael Jacob is is that sometimes he acts like a douche, and sometimes people don't interpret that. So, you know, if he's a douche and you're a douche back, then you're not making the situation any better. What do you think, Jay? I don't care. I think Jay sounds sounds like he's a fucking douche. He sounds like every other pro douche. Look, look, the reason he he acts this way is because he has a small penis. Let's move on. He acts just like Jerry. Have I seen it? Yeah, I, awesome I took all three of those inches proudly. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Close to the magic community here. Yeah. Pro, pros before bros and hoes. Pros before pros. Pros before bros and hoes. <laughs> so, uh, KYT, any anything else you want to? Anything else that came up while you're out there? So it's interesting for me to hear uh, these two stories because I, I got to hang out with Jerry uh, on Monday. Uh, we spent the whole day at. Uh, well, not just with him, but with Alex, uh, my friend Joey, uh, Jerry's girlfriend at uh, Universal Studios. And he was staying with MJ, so I got to hear these two stories from him. Um, and, you know, it's funny for me to hear that this guy sort of unintentionally stalled and then got... Oh, he intentionally uh, stalled the jump. <laughs> and, and 
apparently MJ's forbidden alchemy against you, Conley, was like super key, and that if he had picked the right card, he, he probably. Well, so it's a know. little, that's a little, little misleading because basically, if he had taken ancient, so he he took something that wasn't ancient grudge, put ancient grudge in his bin, um, and then he needed to ancient grudge something, but he didn't know that until he like cast a. Uh, I don't remember what it was like two more draw spells. I think it was like a ponder and shuffle and then a ponder and don't shuffle. And then that, after all that information, he determined he would want the ancient grudge. So it's difficult to say like, if, uh, if, you know, if the judge isn't there and it doesn't force him to make a decision quickly, if he makes the correct choice, because he very easily could have thought at the time that ancient grudge was not the correct call and putting in the yard is like generally a good thing anyway, but I killed him with uh ink moth nexus, two of them. And he was only able to grudge one of them uh, to both because he had like to activate his Shimmer Grotto and he had three mana or something open. Um, and if he had kept the Ancient Grudge, he would have won because he could have double Ancient Grudge. But like I said, the, he didn't really determine that till after like two ponders later or whatever. So it's difficult to say whether he would have made the same decision or not without the judge there. I'm obviously not trying to start any like you know shit right, with right. or anything to respond, but uh, it is one of those things where like you know obviously he's biased in the situation because it happened to him and it was negative. Uh, but at, I think that a non-biased observer would have said, well, there's a good chance he makes the correct play, that what ends up being the correct play, but at the time he doesn't know that it's the correct play, so it's kind of you know, one of those things. Okay. That's fair. So let's see. Um, uh, so we had G-Fabs a few episodes ago with uh, Reed Duke, and uh, on Friday of the event I got to see him, I thanked him, and he, he's like, oh, did you get any uh, good ratings or whatever? And I think we got a fair amount of listeners and a lot of people who liked um, that episode for him alone and his stories. Um, but on Friday, he, he played a trial against against my friend Joey, who I was rooming with, and uh, and he lost to Joey in the semifinals, and it came down to game three, and Gerard needed a live draw, I guess, to stay in the game, and he drew a land, and then uh, basically accused my friend of stacking his deck, uh, of putting uh, a shuffling a land to Gerard's deck, and um, that's what that's what I I know from what Joey has told me. And then uh, Scott, you know D Mac really well, right? Dan McDonald, the guy who goes yep. out of his way to to be the loudest guy in the room, um, who's apparently also a friend of Gerard's. And I think after that happened, he, he tried to you know start some shit up or something, and uh, it was like very uncomfortable between Joey and Gerard. And then it goes on to day one. Uh, Gerard and I both have a bye, and I face him in round two. And, you know, it's a little awkward because I think um, even though I thanked him for the cast, he might, you know, associate me with my friend and think we're all like a bunch of Canadian cheaters or something. Uh, so, like, wow. the <laughs> so I sit down, like, the, one of the first things he asks me is, like, uh, so uh, you're from Montreal, right? And, like, obviously, um, because Joey's from Montreal, so I'm like, okay, is he going to start thinking I'm a little sketchy or something? So so we do play uh, game one. I think he kept a slow birthing pod hand, so so I was able to beat him fairly quickly. Um, game two, uh, he's good friends with Reed Duke and, and um, other people like Maxwell Brown that, that, I, that I also met at GP Montreal. Like, his entourage, so he got three friends watching his game, and then... In the second game, in the middle of it, Joey's, like, walking across, like, trying to look for me. And then Gerard looks at him. It's like, can you please not watch my game? <laughs> so, so like, he, he really is, doesn't is, like us. This is one of the worst stories I've ever heard in my life. Just Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait, can you wait? It was, it was, I'm sure. 
I'm sure with the punchlines involved, it could have been much better, but it was just clearly one of the worst told stories I've ever heard. Like, if I, think it's I think it's because KYT's afraid that you're just going to come to the defense of Gerard Fabiano no matter what. Do you realize? Do you realize and, then, you, and, then for, and then for 20 minutes, we're just going to talk about how some people are dicks because they're different. First of all, do you realize? Do you realize if that story was like the first book of the Bible, there would be zero Christians. Everyone would shut the book. <laughs> it was I'm not bad it. I'm a bad it was just. It was very bad. Like Kevin, he's out of practice. He hasn't talked about eighteen episodes since episode fifty. I was rock solid prior to that story, and now I'm, I'm hanging loose. It's just not good. Yeah, you're adding all these random facts. You're like, then he's like a woman, down, and then yeah, he was like, "Are you from Montreal?" Fun. Yeah, you got to streamline your stories better and just cut out the crap that doesn't matter, which, since you're from Canada, is most of This is like reading Chris Lansdale's blog. <laughs> shout out to Chris Lansdale. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to oh, Extra Balls, because oh, you forgot told, to give speaking, it. Speaking of shout outs, I was told to give a shout out to D-Mac, because apparently you guys all know who that is. I don't know who it is. Yeah, D-Mac. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Fucking D-Mac. So shout, out, yeah. shout out to Gerard Fabiano. Yeah. <laughs> is it the mid-shout out part of episode 68? Okay, so what's going on, KYT? Did Don't he, touch did he that dial. We'll be right back. <laughs> did, no, did he, no, he scumbag you? He didn't scumbag me. So there was just, just an interesting uh, ruling where um, oh, I had to delve. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 okay. I'm terrible at this. I know. Yep. Okay. So I had a delver in play, and I'm about to draw my card for the turn, but last minute I tap the deck, reveal Vapor Snag, and go to flip for delver. And then. J Gerard goes, oh, it's a good thing that you remembered. Um, but hold on. Did you intend to draw? So at that point, I didn't really know what he's asking. I just froze there. Like, what does he mean? Like, so he looks at me. Do you, did you honestly intend to draw? A answer me honestly. So I'm like, okay, you want to call a judge or something? Judge comes over, and um, I admit, like, I, I just last minute remembered to flip for Delver. Uh, at the last moment, I did sort of in quotes, intend to draw. And so his argument was that, like, if I intended to draw, does it go to draw step immediately and I don't get to flip my Delver? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That is kind of scumbagging. Yeah, that's yeah. very scumbag. I mean, Gerard's known for doing this stuff. Uh, I I don't know. Gerard I'm going to use not... that one. That one's badass. No, that's Did not badass. That's <laughs> if you win so, a game magic like that, that's just stupid. Did you intend to draw? So, Whoa. So I, I froze the bit because oh, I, didn't really, I didn't really know what to answer. So, what ended up getting? What was the ruling? So uh, the judge says, "No, no, he gets to flip his Delver." But then he goes, and and then he appeals to the head judge. You've and the already head revealed judge, the, You've already revealed the card to him and everything. Like at this point, he's literally just trying to like that's so scummy. Like he got free information, knows you have a vapor snag, and you don't get to flip your Delver. Like what the f? So the head judge comes in and <laughs> that's scummy. What's scummy and what's not? And apparently, like on Twitter, like people are saying that, <laughs> that uh, arguing with the head judge is, is scummy. <laughs> and um, so he was he was saying that you know maybe maybe some players can just like pretend to flip and and, and get a read on their opponent, and so therefore like his argument was like intending to like draw, like means it's too late. So he you was know. he was pretty upset about that. And Did it like, get overturned or no? No, it didn't get overturned. The head judge says like the card has actually has to go like touch the rest of my hand. Yeah, that's uh, just that, that's like saying like 
like you tap three black for a fraction negator, and he argues that you intended to only tap two, but then when you saw him and you realized that he realized you were only tapping two, you <laughs> tapped to the third mana. So dun, you, intended, dun, dun. you intended to cast that fraction negator for two mana, though, so you should get game loss, right? Like, what the hell? Because you, you intended to try to cheat. Shut up, you Guido. Did you win? Did you win, KYT? I beat him. I beat him to zero, and, you know, after you that... Should, you should have afterward, you should have been like, did you intend to lose? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I will. I will support Canadians in one effort, and that is beating anyone from New Jersey. So, <laughs> it is. It is our Canada, if you will. So you're allowed to beat people from there. I'll root so, you on. I was still trying to be cool with the guy. He's like, you know, it's okay if I if I call a judge because of that. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. But after I, I beat him two um, zero, he like. Like swinged his hands together and said, "Why am I always so fucking lucky?" <laughs> and like, oh, it was like visibly mad. And then, I mean, one of his friends behind him were like, "You know, I don't think the matchup is that great." Then he's like, "It's you, what are you talking about? It's the best matchup. I'll play you for a hundred right now." <laughs> like he was. Pretty- <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the best matchup. Dude, you should have. Yeah, and I will demonstrate this by putting up a wager of one hundred dollars. <laughs> Because what has never sense. been settled over a hundred dollars? It's minimum on ninety percent matchup. You have silence. Are you aware that they play? They play the NBA championship for one hundred dollars. The best in the world is it's a one hundred dollar incentive. If that's all you won for the GP win, right? Yeah, I just got literally one hundred dollars. Yeah. Yep, and, I, <laughs> and it was all in ones, and I put it in my thumb. <laughs> And then I jumped in the lagoon later that night. Did you guys did you guys oh, see the lagoon uh, video, by the way? I saw yeah. it. No. You haven't seen the lagoon video. All right. So go to uh, uh, Magic Lampoon, uh, Matt Sperling's site, if anyone's not familiar with that. It is uh, mtglampoon.com. Uh, the very first entry at this point, the creature from the Rogue Lagoon. Basically what happened was prior to Friday, before we like ever played a single match of Magic, we're like walking to breakfast. It's like me, Sperling, uh, Owen, um, some other people, Josh or Layton, I think. And it was like, hey, Owen, if either of us wins, we have to jump into the lagoon. And <laughs> he was like, he was like, whatever, you're an idiot, sure. And I was like, anybody else is? And they're like, no, why would any of us get in on this? Like, the only upside is that uh, the other person might jump in the lagoon. But since there's already two people in it, we just potentially get to see one of you guys jump in the lagoon. So why would we do this? So anyway. Uh, I obviously win, and we're, like, back hanging out, and we're, like, uh, I don't know, we're getting ready for the hot tub or whatever, and Owen's, like, like had to go get beer, so he's, like, walking back by himself, and he walks in the room, and we're all, like, putting on our swim trunks, and he's, like, hey, Conley. I'm, like, yeah. He's, like, do you remember the lagoon bed? And I was, like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, everyone in the room, like, I, it was just silent for, like, ten seconds, and then you could just see the excitement building Sperling, and he was, like, He's like pulled out his phone. He's like, "We're doing this." He got so excited. Matt Baccio was there. He was excited. Everyone else was like pumped, and I was just like, my heart sank. And I was like, "This is the worst." Like, what are the chances I actually win the GP after make this stupid bet? So, then, uh, so then we we went and hung out in the hot tub, which made it worse because obviously the hot tub's hot and the lagoon was like forty degrees. Uh, but yeah, I had to jump in this stinky bird infested. There was like uh, feline aids in there. I... <laughs> Oh, submerge man. myself underwater and then I uh, being the showman that I am came up with the idea of throwing a life preserver because uh, I found one that was like to help people at the pool or whatever and I was like it'd be funny if you threw this in after me and then like that's how you rescue me from the lagoon and then Owen in his drunken state 
throws the thing as hard as he can and knocks me in the eye as I reemerge from the water. <laughs> so, like, I'm coming back out of this cold water, and, like, I'm already hating life. And I get pegged in the head, and, like, the life preservers are, like, very heavy and hard, if, you, if you're unfamiliar. So I get pegged in the head by this thing and immediately slip on the bottom of the lagoon and fall back in. <laughs> then I, I come to my senses, crawl out of the lagoon, and then they made me go back in and get the life preserver because we would have gotten in trouble otherwise. So I had to crawl back in afterwards. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> terrible. I, I went, immediately ran like ran as fast as I could, took a shower. There was, like, dirt and stuff everywhere in the shower. Everyone was upset at me. I was freezing. I got hypothermia. There was a dead bird in my butt when I showered. It was, it was, it was a terrible idea. Like, I'd already won the GP. There was literally no gain to this other than me keeping my word, and now it's all on the internet, so go enjoy that. <laughs> now, that's how you tell a story, KYT. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I intended to tell a good story, okay? Did you intend to? <laughs> Did you intend to tell that story that poorly? Dude, when Gerard said you wanted to play for 100 bucks, you should have said, you want to run it back? <laughs> and then just add a little bitch at the end. Want to run it back, <laughs> bitch? Bitch. <laughs> just kidding, Gerard. Oh goodness. So otherwise, so I mean, you guys had a great time out there, obviously, right? I mean, it was it was just a uh, good fun with friends, and some of us best came back with money. Uh, yes, I actually got enough pro points to lock up platinum status too, which is nice because I'm 35 now. Uh, and you get three for showing up at the pro tours, so locked for platinum, which is nice because I've been uh, I've been level six every year that I, I I came out in Honolulu 2009, and I was level six that year, the next year, and the year after, uh, which I guess shows consistency or whatever. But I've never gotten like the huge uh, rewards for like showing up like three thousand dollars per pro tours, you know, pretty yeah. significant amount. So it's pretty cool. Nice. So we're gonna see more of you. So now you get to dedicate even more time to getting this, getting it fucking done right then. Uh, yes. I hope to just, like, you know, crush everything and then, you know, be, like, the the dark horse in Player of the Year race or something. I don't know. That'd be cool. Nice. So is that is that your goal, then, for this year? Like, is that the next one? Uh, my goal this year? year is to, uh, it was originally to top eight three premier events. That was the goal I set for myself. But with two events in, and I've already top eight one, so that might be a little easier than I'd anticipated. Um. But uh, prior to the year, it was to top eight three events and win a GP, and the GP already happened. So I guess at this point, it like moves to like winning a pro tour or whatever. Um, I also would like to qualify for the uh, the sixteen player tournament. Uh, that uh, yeah, I think that'd be cool. I think I'm in fifth place right now. Like uh, they're of the top five people, we're all like within six points of each other, and four of us uh, are CFB members. It's like me, Josh, uh, LSV, and, and uh, David Ochoa, and then the only member in, that's in the top five is uh, Yuya. That's not from among us, so that's kind of cool. But uh, I would definitely yeah. like to qualify for that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I still want to top eight a couple more premier events, I guess. Sick. If it means anything, Conley, I'll first pick you in a PT draft. <laughs> it, I mean, it was a little frustrating in Worlds not getting picked. I, I mean, I got to admit, like, uh, I mean, I got picked, like, second to last by LSV. And they picked, like, I think they each had eight-man teams or something, like, absurd. <laughs> and there was, like, there was like six of them. And, uh, you know, getting, going, like, second to last, I'm on the team. They know I'm playing the deck. It was, like, a no little frustrating. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, last year was a transition year. People don't understand this for me, but, like, I was learning a complete new style of play. I was learning how to play other people's decks. Um, I was learning how to be more restrained, more disciplined, how to mulligan better. Um, so it, during the early part of the year, it really didn't reflect because I was just taking on all these responsibilities. And I was still, like, 
kind of straddling the fence, if you will. Like I was doing some of my own stuff, doing some of the stuff that they were teaching me, and it really wasn't like gelling very well because uh, it's kind of like one of those things when you have like four people do a draft on Moto, and like one person like has a very different style than the other people, and he like tries to, you know, he's like, you need to make this pick, and then you make the pick, but you end up like losing because you know, you know, what I'm saying there's too many cooks in the kitchen. So it kind of felt like that for like the first half of the year last year. I mean, I was making some day twos, um, but I wasn't like you know doing very very well. My two first pro tours were terrible. Um, and then during Philly, I played the, the, what the team was supposed to play and all of a sudden had like really good showing. And then, uh, you know, obviously played the team decks again, come worlds and did really well there. And, uh, yeah, so I started to like get, get my footing towards the end of the year. Um, and I think this year I get to kind of showcase that a little bit better. So hopefully, uh, my results are a little more consistent, but not to, not to make this all like a big, uh, you know, Conley suck fest or anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> anybody, that, anybody that wants to dip a ball, they can. Whatever. <laughs> dip a ball. Who uh, who got Conley in our draft? No one. No, somebody did because I remember they were kicking my ass with Conley, and I was getting pissed. Uh, it was probably I think it was you. It was Jay. It was you. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> you didn't even know you drafted. Him. No, I was just trolling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, I drafted Conley. I also took a chua. Oh, yep. and I think you took Tom too. Yeah, I did. Tom sucked though. Holy Tom, fuck, yeah. that guy. Martel? Martel? Yeah, yeah, Tom Ma. Yeah. Nope. Tom Martel. <laughs> yeah. Tom Martel. <laughs> Mister right. Tom Martel. All right, KYT. <laughs> hey, you got another story for us, KYT? Or are you fucking worded out there, buddy? <laughs> I got. A, I got a story. Yeah, tell us some stories. What's seven. You're just about that. This is Jay that. asking you to tell you a story just so he can pick it apart when he's done. <laughs> no, we got you See, to do only, that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what you're here for, Asian I folks. Take, I do take it's pride. Like, it's whoa, like an whoa, interrogation. Whoa, 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 take it back. Okay, I'm Afro-Russianese. That's only one third Chinese. <laughs> Afro-Russianese. <laughs> what? Oh man, your mom's born in Africa in a non-discreet country, and your dad's born in Russia, and you're born in China as a result of those two. That's Afro-Russianese. One third each. Thank you for describing that. Uh, I was really curious about that. Can you argue with your logic? I don't think you can. Exactly. I don't think I can either. You're yeah. racist. <laughs> You're racist. Hey, did you guys hear about? Uh, speaking of which, did you guys hear about fucking Mark Wahlberg? No. What happened? Oh God, yeah. Mark what Wahlberg. Happened? This is okay. This, this is actually, I actually have. I'm, I'm really curious about this. So, so I'll tell you what Mark Wahlberg said. Then I'll tell you okay. my reaction to it after okay. I tell you what everybody else's was. Before okay, you so, say anything, I'm gonna tell you I love Mark Wahlberg. So if me you, too. But, I love Mark Wahlberg. How about me too. How, like I just love Mark Wahlberg. I love. Him. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, Mark Wahlberg in an article in some Muscle magazine uh, said that um, if if he because he they asked him about being scheduled uh, to board one of the planes that was going to hit the World Trade Center in in uh, 9-11. He was originally, I guess, supposed to be on one of those planes. And so they asked him about that, and he was like, let me tell you, if I was on that plane, it would have gone down a whole lot differently. There would have been some blood, there would have been a lot of blood, and then it would have been me over the PA saying, we're going to land somewhere safely. Everybody's okay now. <laughs> and like so like he says this right and then like and then everybody just goes insane everybody goes insane and they're like Mark Wahlberg is an asshole because he's saying that the people that were on the planes of 9-11 that crashed into 9-11 
didn't do enough to stop 9-11, and he says that he would stop 9-11. And I'm just like, I don't know if this is a big deal or not, but this is what Mark Wahlberg said. So, this is at least as interesting as the Jared Fabiano story, so fuck you guys. I don't I don't see how that makes you an I think he was just trying to make a joke, and then people, like, obviously, like, hung on that well, shit. I don't think he was trying to make a joke. He was trying to be like, yo, Donnie Wahlberg is a bitch. Mark Wahlberg is a shit. But then yeah, I, think I think he was just saying he's a badass, right? Yeah, he's yeah, just like, bad. yeah. yeah, but he wasn't like implying that the people on the plane were like, were you pussies. know, no, pathetic no, or something. No, no I don't think I so mean, at all. He clearly didn't. He clearly didn't think through all the ramifications of his statement. But like, that's what I'm saying about like the celebrity thing. If anyone else says that, like, it's not a big deal. But because he says it, it got, gets captured on like video or whatever. All of a sudden, he's like, you know, public enemy number one for no reason other than like, you know, saying something maybe a little ignorant, but not like to the point where like, you know, people should be throwing a fit about it. Yeah, I yeah. know exactly how he feels. Yeah. <laughs> you would have said that, John. I, I, yeah. I would have done that. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The magic community. people. Speaking of which, holy fuck, I fucking am getting really sick of the magic community. Holy. The magic community that. during spoiler season, that's worse than fucking, I don't know, AIDS in Africa. Like, it's awful. What 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 did you like about the magic community during spoiler season? Every single card is the best card ever printed. Every single one. <laughs> like it's almost like like again, it's like the whole Copernicus thing. It's like it's like these guys think they're fucking Christopher Columbus discovering America for the first time ever. It's like, oh my god, look at this card. It's the reverse kitchen kitchen finks. It's gonna be the best card ever. Oh my god, mono black controls back. Uh, and then you like ping your dude for bros, and then like, oh my god, and then you you gain like, oh yeah, you get like this giant dude, and then yeah, oh, and you're like, what the fuck are you fucking talking about? This is the worst. And this, guy's awesome this guy's he's, good. This guy's good. He's good, but he's not. He's not fucking kitchen finks. He's not. I think. He's not, I think he, he is. Comes in to play Taft. I think he's as good as kitchen finks in the. I think you're you're being short sighted because there's currently not a black aggro deck. But when this guy comes out, when Gravecrawler comes out, uh, oh, when yeah. all these mono other black like there's back. mono black control. no not mono black control aggro like a uh, vampire style. Aggro. Come back. I'm just I'm Come just back. saying. I think that you're. I think you're. This card in particular, I think, is very, very good. Um, as for everyone, you know, freaking out about every single card, yes, some of them are terrible. I mean, you got, like, Beguiler of Wills or whatever. That guy's the worst ever. But, oh, he's awesome with the with the freaking Necroticus, dude. Don't you love Necroticus? Oh, my God. See, this I is why I fucking... You can't <laughs> be on the show friends. anymore. <laughs> Get your friends straight. <laughs> well, that lasts about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbial. Like, I just... The proverbial. There it is. There's the fucking proverbial. <laughs> the proverbial situation where the guiler of wills like I'm just, is me and, good. Me and Nina both, we talk about this all the time, but me and Nina, we're just... Like, I'm going to be throwing her so under I'll the bus here. Nina. You can't just go but, throwing out... I'm unfamiliar with Nina, so introduce me to her. Nina is Cardboard Witch on Twitter, and uh, she's the worst, so you probably don't know her. Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But, um... But anyways, so so we talk about this all the time. We're like Nina's like Nina's like this bitch, and she like she doesn't care about anything that anyone says, and she just plays magic to win, and she doesn't care about like your fucking for sweet justice deck brewing and like your other garbage shit you talk about all the time, and like your crusades against Star City Games and shit. Like everybody just shut the fuck up is what 
and your casual shit. Like she doesn't care about that, right? But then she gets she gets like sucked into all these uh these like bad situations where like because she she's like too nice to say that to someone's face. Uh, she just says it like randomly. Like she'll say, you know, oh man, everybody's annoying me instead of like this one person that I hate is annoying me, right? So we talk about this all the time. We're like our Twitter feeds. Basically, all they do is just fill up with like filth, like all the time is just straight up like filth of just like, oh my god, this card is gonna totally break standard, like that fucking, that undying green card, like we've seen ten cards in the entire set, and this, this card's insane, or like, people making lists of like, oh, these are my top five Dark Ascension cards, is this, is this so going far. somewhere? You know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm playing, I, you asked me why I hate the magic community, I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't think Fuck. he asked you that at all. <laughs> John Medina did. Rewind that shit, Kyle. I'm just going to deny it. I didn't ask you that. <laughs> I better get a fucking rewind on that. Oh, you go do it. Go do it, I'm still on probation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys about how I scumbag someone. Okay. All right. So... I'm at Friday Night Magic with my blue-red concoction. You fucking right. scumbag. Yeah, it's, this is already a scumbag story. <laughs> so I'm running blue-red, and uh, I, I was talking to people on Facebook about the blue-red deck, and they're like, what do you do about a Phyrexian Crusader? I'm like, fuck Phyrexian Crusader, man. I don't care about that card. I'll just lose to it, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> That's a matchup I'm prepared to give away. Yeah, the matchup like, to the casual deck that everyone's got at F and M. no. I was like, who cares about that card? So, so, anyways, turns out like <laughs> second round, I play against like one of the good players in the store who's playing Brexing Crusader, and I I dome it like with a with a Shrine of Burning Rage and counter one. But anyways, he lands a third one, kills me with the Brexing Crusader. Next game, he kills me with a one shot Ink Moth Nexus with a pike on it okay so i'm already going in a little bit of tilt mode i'm not used to like losing at the local so i'm just kind of like oh man this is so stupid i lost to phyrexian crusader so i have to play against my buddy brandon right and he's playing a uh, blue white humans which is like a sick matchup for me i have like slag storms i have ratchet bombs i have direct burn i'm just like this is easy so brandon's got a little bit of a mouth on him you know and he's like oh man i'm gonna take you down medina and i'm like I'm like, sit down, son. I'm going to take you to school. So we start playing. And uh, I win the first game. He wins the second game. We're in the third game, right? So in the third game, I'm running out of gas. All I have in my hand is like a mana leak. And I just keep drawing cards. Like, I mean, just keep drawing lands. And I um, I freaking... I desperate ravings like three times. And all I'm drawing is lands off my desperate ravings. And he keeps randomly discarding lands, obviously, because it's all I have in my hand. And he's just like, oh, man, luck sacking with all the lands that I'm discarding with these desperate ravings. So anyways, I, I finally, because I have lands, I, I use a um, Ghost Quarter on his Moreland Hunt, right? Because the only way he's going to be able to kill me is by keep making Moreland Hunt tokens. So I use the Ghost Quarter on it, and uh, he goes, okay, just bends the land. And it puts him short. I think it puts him short to cast, like, Hero Blade Hole or something. So I'm just like, all right. So I'm just like, good. Like, now he can't cast his hero blade or whatever. And uh, the guy next to him, sitting next to him, goes, hey, you get a search for that. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a May. I'm like, dude, it's a May. <laughs> and, like, we had already passed. Like, it was it was during, I did it on my turn, so he, he had drawn his card for his turn. He's like, you get a search for that after he drew the card. I'm like, nah, dude, it's a May. 
<laughs> it's a May. And <laughs> so the kid looks at me, the kid who said you're gonna he's like, dude, you're really gonna do this at F and M? And I'm like, dude, I don't care, man. I'm like, it's a May. He needs to read the fucking card if he wants to, you know, play some magic, you know? <laughs> And I'm just like, all right, whatever, search for your land, Brandon. Because I have nothing anyways, I'm just going to lose. So he searched up his land, plays Hero Blade Hole, and kills me. That's the story. I you, know why, like, you know why you lost this, this game? Why? Because you led with the insult of, I'm going to take you to school. I think that's what happened. <laughs> that's the most pathetic insult I've ever, like, this is not oh, 1979. Man. You're not like, dude, I don't know the new insults, bro. I'm like, from I'm going to take you to school. Is your deck the bomb? Like what? Who do you do talks like that? Psych. I do. Beat you, psych. What's, like, didn't Jay? Jay, you put the best one on Twitter today. You know what you do? Is you fucking trash talk, and then when you beat them, you'd be like, "What are you doing?" And you're like, "Take it at the trash," and you fucking smack their deck on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. That will oh, get that will get you actual banned from from the tournament. You don't want from F and M. Sweet. Yeah. I'm just saying. You're you banned from John Memphis. Medina's fucking Phyrexian metafilled <laughs> F. If you say that you're taking out the trash and then tip someone's deck on the ground. Oh man. So, so yeah. Get your priorities straight, Connolly. I tried to take him to school, but he took me to school. I'm gonna come up with a magic article that's just uh, cool magic insults. That way, you, you know, that's awesome. you're take him to school again. I would read that. Published. will never get published. It might get published. I don't know. That would be so awesome. You know what, Conley? You know what? KYT would put that on Mana Depression. Yeah. Oh, that's fancy. <laughs> fancy? That's let me start fancy. working backwards. Yeah, like, let me let me go from my, my desk job at Microsoft to being the manager at McDonald's. That sounds awesome. Oh, my God. Burn. Wow. Uh, this is KYT. Savage you school, sir. Savage burns. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just saying, guy. you know, just in case in in case your two paid gigs think that it's a pile of shit, I'm just saying that we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I got time to not make money and write bullshit articles for some pathetic Canadian website. That's all. I, got <laughs> Dude, I really feel like the su- success is going to his head. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think it's I time to take Connolly Woods I, to I, school. I, 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 my scumbag story. I think it. I, I, forgot, I didn't get to. You. So I'm going to tell right. it really quick. Just really quick. My scumbag story is, I don't know if you guys saw this, but, like, you know, we had, like, the Commander special or whatever, and Conley got to play with a pretty sweet Commander. Whoa, got to play? He borrowed forced to play. Basically, (laughs) was like, yo, you have to give me a deck or else, you know, that's, you know, I'm not going to do it. And, And then, and then, and then, and then from there... He fucking just stole cards and like didn't give them back to me, and now oh. I'm missing cards from my EDH. Wow, First of all, this is not a story. You are missing cards that is not my fault. I will. Li- I'm literally logging on to my moto right now just so I could prove you wrong. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, and I, I know some of the cards, and like, we we can go back to the commander cast and we can watch it. Sue you for libel and slander right now. It's like, so I remember one time he he drew a card and he was like, "What card am I drawing? I'm drawing fucking slave of Bolas. Well, that's a brick. That might as well be a land. And then I go to look at my collection. No slave bolus. Oh, I wonder where that went. Oh, mm. oh isn't that peculiar? Isn't that peculiar, Connolly? Maybe you just messed up and you didn't take the cards that you were supposed to take. You ever thought that was possible? No, I think what happened is you you kept it for yourself because you knew it was the hot tech. All right, I did just look up slave bolus on my Magic Online account. I do have one sitting on my account. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but. The problem is, I've been doing charge drafts, and I did about nine of them, so there's a very good chance that I just picked up a Slave yeah. of Bullets. Yeah, so probably... name, another, name another card that's one that I would not potentially have. Like, some, like, weird card. Like, no, a, 
Like, oh, a demonic tutor. Demonic I, miss I do Wait not have any demonic tutors, so if I have one, then, then you can call me his comeback. Are, are we supposed to name a card that Conley Woods doesn't have in his mother yeah, really, that he's not going like to brew with? Come on. I, I, Wait, wait, where, what set is your Demonic Tutor from? I don't know. Which ones do you have? Because you just said you had none. So now I you're changing your story. Tutor, but I don't know what this... I have a Demonic Tutor. I don't know what this little symbol is, though. It's like a weird little crown. One of the special ones because they're cheap. Oh, it's probably Divine versus, uh, yeah. divine versus uh, Demonic. Right. right. I, I, do have, I do have that Demonic Tutor. Oh, my scumbag. God. Isn't that oh. weird? Yeah, I'm a scumbag. That's why I'm on air going through and finding the cards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't dispel my stories, all right? Don't dispel my stories. Sorry you got caught. Is there any other cards you're missing that you would like me to look for while I'm... Numerous. Well, name them. Okay, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Let's let's do shout outs and then you guys can sort this out. Yeah. Shout out to whoever gave me this demonic tutor. I'm keeping it, bitch. Wait, wait, did you intend to keep that? <laughs> I do yeah. intend to steal that or now I'm gonna take you to school with this demonic tutor. Five. My oh, demonic tutor is the bomb, but with a DA. Dude, how is it that Conley Woods is making fun of me on a magic cast? Come on, man. I'm at least ten times cooler than you, dude. <laughs> what? Keep are jump. you a secret Keep agent? Are you, so. a, are you a Mexican spy? Dude, maybe. Being being Hispanic already makes me ten times cooler than you. My race. No one alone. thinks that. Not even Hispanic girls think that. <laughs> <laughs> Call. Deal. Where are the Hispanic Show girls? Down. Let's get them in here. <laughs> <laughs> Where are all the Hispanic girls? Oh man. <laughs> Alright, I'm I'm doing my shout outs screw you guys. Shout out to D Mac. I don't know who that is, but he asked for one. I was watching AJ's feed, and he was in there with me, and he said, you're going on A-Team. Shout out to D-Mac. They'll know who, you're, who he is. And uh, shout out to Patrick Chapin for being a graceful loser. I mean that sincerely, not like as a like rub-in. Yeah. actually a cool guy yeah. to play. And uh, shout out to ooh, Brian Groovy, who was the original inspiration for Black Green List. Uh, like I said, I did change it significantly, but I wouldn't have probably got there without his help. And that's all I got, other than whoever gave me this demonic tutor. Thanks, bro hams. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I got shout outs. Um, shout out to uh, Medina and uh, J. Cal for helping me uh, hook up my Star City game Cincy trip, mm-hmm. which is fucking happening. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I think there's going to be uh, some Century Club casting happening uh, while we're there. Some so. What? Yeah. So you ever done Century Club? No. Oh. It's like a shot of beer every minute for 100 minutes. Oh, yeah. We call that a Centurion. Sure. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's known by many different... uh, I don't know if you should ever podcast drunk again. (laughs) You know, it's really funny because (laughs) there was a split. There was a split on on the comments of the show, like personally and, you know, otherwise posted. And I think it was like a 70-30 split in favor of me being loaded. Yeah, it was just Joel Nidri just being like, yeah, this is the best cast ever. <laughs> there was a lot of, no, no, there was a lot of people I've never heard of before saying that you yeah, made my Yeah, Joel day. Nidri. <laughs> these are bridge, these are probably bridge listeners. That's probably what these were. Yeah, yeah maybe that's the case. Are, are you coming with, with Scott, by the way, KYT? Uh, I didn't confirm, so. So what does that mean? Are you? Yes or no? Obviously not. Still a month. How how long is it? It's still a month away, right? Ish. Uh, just just shy. I think it's three weeks. Asians aren't known for their planning and being meticulous. <laughs> That's exactly oh, what they're known for. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> Go on, Scott. 
<laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, and shout out to my awesome wife for letting me go. Um, and yeah, just shout out to everybody that uh, didn't make me feel like a total asshat for being human and fucking tying one on. So, uh, pretty sweet. Uh, shout out to Conley <laughs> for fucking coming on our show after winning the Grand Prix uh, and and maintaining our streak of of winners. Never um, again. Never again. Come on. <laughs> you know you say that every time, and then yeah, we're like, hey, Conley, yeah, and then the he show, gets on the like, show and he right. can't stop talking. He just talks for forty minutes straight. <laughs> Look, I got no one wants to hear your pathetic dribbling. Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually waiting to watch my Lakers game. I specifically recorded it for you guys. That way I would be... The Lakers won. Nice. (laughs) First um, of all, you have zero idea. You're just literally spitting out information. You have no idea. (laughs) There's no way you follow professional basketball. You're Canadian. (laughs) You have a hockey stick attached to your arm. I know it. Casey Jones. (laughs) So, um... Oh... Hey, they just released the sec the next wave of the Grand Prix. Oh, fuck off. Vancouver is a sealed fucking Grand Prix. God damn it. Which what that's awesome. What are you complaining about? No, I didn't want a fucking sealed Grand Prix. I wanted Oh, you know what's so frustrating? The fucking Japan one on the same weekend is modern. They couldn't have flipped that around. I'm stoked to have more. You guys, you guys aren't doing it this year. You're obviously not going to every single Grand Prix, but uh no. every Grand Prix I attend Every constructed one is like a ton of work, and every limited one is like a vacation. And there are so many Grand Prix that the limited ones are going to be like, you know, amazing for morale. I think. Huh. All right. Well, we'll see. So suck it. You're wrong. Shut up. <laughs> Got me. Got me. Got yeah. me. Mm. So yeah. Took you to school. All right. So those are my shoutouts. So thanks for everyone uh, that listens. Uh, oh, and and thanks, John, for uh, you know coming on board. Pretty sick. Hell yeah. So, John, shout out. All right. Uh, shout out to you guys for uh, letting me join the circus. I'm uh, pretty pumped <laughs> about that. <laughs> proverbial, proverbial. Circus. <laughs> um, shout out to Connolly for uh, coming online and talking with us about the GP wins. Uh, shout out to everyone who uh, I put out like a, a little like call for people to write for Legit MTG. Um, and I just got flooded with people who want to write and people who want to edit. For me, so shout out Any to all quality? you guys. Uh, there's there's some definitely some quality. I got some resumes, man. I was like, oh Whoa. man, Pow. oh man, I so wrote my high school yearbook. <laughs> Everybody agrees that it was the funniest yearbook of all time. You done, Jay? Yep, I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to those guys. Um, shout out to uh, Trick Jarrett. Why not? Yeah, right now. Yeah, and that's it for me. Oh, shout out for, to Brandon. Sorry to try to scumbag you. It was tilting, bro. Jay? Oh, me now. Uh, shout out to that Marine who got his jerk-off lotion switched with Icy Hot and then wanted to kill the guy that did that. Yeah, he's listening to this podcast, you idiot. Hey, <laughs> Jared, Jared probably isn't listening to this podcast. Jared has a much higher chance than the guy who's sitting in the emergency room with like <laughs> red balls right now. He doesn't give yeah, a shit. podcast. Much maybe I'll one email him. Canada. I'll ship it to him. I'll be like, "Yo, we shouted you out," and you know, just listen up, listen up, bro. <laughs> uh, I gotta give a shout out to Nick. I think it's is it Davis? 
I think it's Davis. Is it the, is it the oh, ginger? We just know who you're giving a shout out to. <laughs> hey, everyone, I'd like to give a Davis. shout out to Gene. Uh, you remember his last name, everybody? Gene. Uh, you remember his, yeah, that guy. You all know who I'm talking about. Gene. Nick Davis. I have to give a shout out to Nick Davis because he's super casual and I fucking just love super casual. Shout out to you, Chris Lansdale. Uh, shout out to <laughs> what? Extra, extra balls. Extra balls. Shout out to Sean Picconi. Uh, shout out to... You don't even like these guys. Can we take away your shout out privileges? I would please like to revoke you of shout out privileges. From now on. Hey, shout we, out have to a, we have a real shout out though, right? Uh, shout out to Smitty for his uh, his articles on Star City now, right? Yeah, and shout yeah. out to whoever didn't edit it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I, I could say that yeah. now. Yeah, nice job editing, guys, over there at Star <laughs> City. <laughs> oh, God. Shout out to Miley Cyrus, who spent infinite dollars to look like a fucking, like she has AIDS. She Did spent you say Miley Cyrus? Grand. Yeah, Miley Cyrus. She's 19. She spent 50 grand on nutritionists, chefs, and personal trainers, and now she looks like she has a bad disease. She looks awful. So you're checking out Miley Cyrus, Cyrus is what you're telling us. Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't live near her as to check her out regularly. But, you know, she's on some websites. That I frequent. That you frequent, okay. You know. Shout out to Rosie O'Donnell, who, by the way, is still alive, looks the exact same, and killed a hammerhead shark and then took a picture of it. <laughs> Shout out to uh, www.wwtdd.com. Um, does that about wrap up the rest of your shoutouts that you had feeding out there, Jay? <laughs> sure. Yeah, all right. Okay. I'll go. Um, Shout outs to... Luke Wilkinson and Brian Jemba, probably two of the funniest guys I've ever met uh, playing Magic, and uh, those guys yeah, that's are why, really awesome. That's, that's, they're so funny, they didn't get their own individual shout-outs. You had to lump them together. You can... <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't do much for their self-esteem. They don't equal one shout-out per person. Get lump them together. I can't get through this. <laughs> like, no. You want to see a funny joke? Let's make a Delver deck that's really good against Tempered Steel, but can't beat the mirror match. I intended it for it to be good. Okay. Okay. Um, shouts to Melvin and Aaron, uh, fans of the show that I got to meet um, at the GP. Uh, shouts to Reed Duke, who, who just might be the nicest pro I've ever met. Um, maybe he is secretly Canadian. Um, shoutouts to Sean Roden, who... Uh, Gave us a ride to Universal Studios because that's where he works and also gave us 30% off our tickets. Also, also was nice enough to drive us because he lived uh, close to the area from the hotel to the airport. Like, super chill guy. Um, he was really happy um, because in the morning of going to Universal Studios, uh, we ran into Jerry. And he was super excited to, to finally meet one of his uh, favorite play players. And... That night, when he got back from work, he found out his wife was pregnant. So he told us that, you know, that day will be remembered uh, forever in his life. So it was pretty cool to hear that, and I congratulated him on Monday. And um, that's, that's it for me. Shout-outs to Alex and Joey, always. Uh, it was a great time. And uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> who's, ram <laughs> who's rambling? Jesus balls! <laughs> I didn't ask for the Bible on audio tape. Come on, with your stupid shout-outs. <laughs> nice! 
Jesus. Like, From now on, I don't, I don't want you to give any individual shout-outs. I want you to lump all shout-outs into one <laughs> shout-out. I apologize for asking for those people yeah, to receive a You ruined it. You did. You did that. <laughs> Jesus. I got to go shave after that shout-out. <laughs> Nice. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for uh, for joining us this week, and uh, we'll see you next week.